What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Herfcast. It's been a while. Sorry about that. But first and foremost, it is St. Baldrick's season. So I'm going to be shaving my head in about a month for St. Baldrick's. If you don't know what St. Baldrick's is, St. Baldrick's raises money for childhood cancer research. I've been doing this every year for this is going to be my 10th year shaving my head. Uh, Ever since I started, it is the only haircut that I get every year. So I grow this nice big afro and... Then a couple weeks before the event, um, I have whoever makes the highest donation pick the color of my hair. So my hair's been plenty of colors in the past. It's been pink, purple, green, orange, red, um, blue. So what color will it be this year? Uh, we will find out. So anyway, I do have a link on my website at the top of the page. If you click that, it will take you right to my donation page for St. Baldrick's. If any of you could donate, that would be amazing. I would take that over any uh, Patreon or anything like that. Um, This is, it's been an important fundraiser for me every year. So uh, my goal this year is $2,000. If I could reach that goal, I will also do something I've never done before and dye my beard as well. So there you have it. Uh, If I reach my goal of $2,000, I will go through the pain of bleaching my face. A longer episode. Uh, Hopefully you guys enjoyed as well. It's been a while, so a long episode was due. Um, Don't forget, check out the website. Click that St. Baldrick's link. Also, coming up soon, uh, I'm going to have Sam Lucia back. Sam Lucia of Stogie Bird. Um... We are going to talk about Stogie Bird and whatnot, and we are also going to be giving away a Stogie Bird 8 and a Stogie Bird Manufacturer of the Month when we do this episode. So keep your ears peeled to uh, listen for that. Uh, I'm looking forward to having Sam back on the show, and hopefully I'll record the whole thing this time instead of just half of it. Um, But yeah. Uh, there will be some sort of contest. Uh, Sam contacted me and uh, wanted to know if I wanted to give away a couple of prizes, so let's do that. Uh, not sure how it's going to go yet, but uh, listen for the Sam Lucia episode, and we will be giving away, once again, the Stogie Bird 8 and the Stogie Bird Manufacturer of the Month. So be on the lookout for that. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, there's actually another really good podcast. Uh, it's kind of like yours, but I mean, yours is, you know, with cigars and, and alcohol. These are just basically two dudes that talk about stuff in a region. The Hey, my man podcast. Uh, yeah, I love those guys. I, I listen to them, uh, a little bit. I, I used to work for whole foods mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah. I, one, I heard one of my, one of my buddies, well, one of the guys I used to work with there, like he, when I started this, I was asking him about, like, if he listened to podcasts and whatnot, because I was listening to a bunch of different podcasts and, like, just getting into it. And um, he's like, yeah, the only one I listen to is this one, you know, my, my buddies do. And uh, he's like, yeah, hey, my man. So yeah. I looked it up, and it's like, all right, cool. Yeah. Like, that's, you know, it's it's local. Um, I, I'm not big on the, on the soundboard, the sound effects, and the kind of, like, uh, morning show type yeah. type vibe they went but. through a, they went through a period where well see i kind of jumped in in the middle i'd say about five six episodes ago 
and it was just two guys talking about stuff around Cherville and Christmas time, and they didn't have any effects in their show. They didn't mention, they're like, yeah, hey, if you want to let us know what you think, and I was waiting for an email address. They never said it. I'm like, what is going on? So I messaged them. I was like, hey, guys, I, I don't know what's going on. I'm kind of new to this, and they're like, you know what? We probably ought to tell people once in a while. We kind of <laughs> forgot about that. So I went back and listened to some of the early podcasts, and they did. They had a little bit of production and stuff in there. Now, I just started doing a podcast myself and that's kind of what got me listening to all these local podcasts and I hear everybody talk about the dude what's the guy that's like real popular what's his name uh comedian or yeah podcaster. you guys all yeah podcaster that uh, you guys always let's do, see Co the, coffee black no number one like the nationwide number one co podcast oh Rogan Rogan yeah I listened to that guy a long time ago when podcasts first started coming out and I couldn't stand the guy I thought it was no. boring I hated it but everybody loves the guy so I was like hey whatever so I listen to a lot of local stuff, and I was like, you know what? My podcast is very different. <laughs> and when you had the bearded idiots on, and when you had that roundtable thing, I thought, oh, my God, they're going to hate me because my, I've been a DJ forever, and I've got that, hey, it's 2.34 and Saturday afternoon. And, and the guy was like, I hate podcasts like that. In my podcast, that's what it is because it's all music intensive. It's no, a country podcast. Yeah, so like I, I actually listened to an episode today. Um it was the first chance that I've had. To, oh, of mine? Yeah. Oh. And um, it was the most recent one, George Strait. George Strait. Okay. And, um, yeah, very, like, I mean, you could obviously tell. That, <laughs> but, um, no, it, it it seemed good. Like, I'm not I'm not into country music. Gotcha. Like, that's uh, I, a buddy of mine uh, who was on a couple episodes, uh, Joe. He's, like, I was like, hey, I got a guy coming, you know, local music, this and that, and He's like, oh, I don't really do country, but he's got his kid this weekend anyway, so okay. like he wasn't able to do it. Um, and it's like, oh, I'm not big in the country either. Like, I, I used to listen to a lot of country um, back, I don't know, let's see, early 90s. Okay. Uh, the, the the Little Texas and mm -hmm. Tim McGraw. Diamond Rio. Yeah. And uh, when Garth, Garth Brooks, Brooks was getting started. Yeah. Chris Ledoux was toward the end of his career. Yeah, see, I'm a huge history buff. My, my grandma was a big fan of Merle Haggard. Yeah. So I am hardcore country. But see, that's the thing about my podcast is it's different every week. Like next week, it's all romance songs, the most romantic country songs you can think of. And I'll throw it out there on my podcast or I mean on Facebook and stuff like that. And on my website, DocDanielsCountryShow.com. And I let people vote. So like next week, I may have a ton of people voting for certain songs. Other times, I just pick a topic that I know something about. I'll do a little bit of research on it and I'll throw it out there. And I got about seven episodes deep, and I was doing a game show thing because I was doing it live on my radio station. Well, I'm a truck driver, and I had to schedule got a little switched around, so I had to start going out on the road on Sunday nights, or I mean Sunday morning, so I couldn't do that Sunday night show anymore. So that's why if you listen to episodes one through, I think it's about eight, you'll hear me do a live contest of, hey, I'm going to do a show about trucks. And you need to pick 10 songs that you think I'm going to play. And I'm going to try to, you know, I'm not going to make it hard. I'm going to try to play the 10 most popular that I think of. But you got to guess what they are. And at the end of the show, whoever emailed with the most is going to win 50 bucks or whatever I was yeah. giving away. Well, since I was on the road, I can't do that anymore. So I had to switch gears. And I don't know that much about podcasting. I've always been on radio. And podcasting is a completely different animal. You know, that I, I, I find that kind of fascinating because it's, I don't know, I guess from the outside looking in, like, it's like, oh, it's, you know, or like trying to explain what a podcast is to somebody. It's like, oh, it's, you know, internet radio. Um, so I think, I, I don't know, it's kind of weird for me to think that it's totally different than radio, but I've never been in the radio setting. 
So, um, you know, I, I guess uh, it's, you know, from the outside looking in, it's always completely different. So. Well, it's completely different because when you are doing radio, you have a schedule. You know what's coming up. You know what the breaks are going to be. It's usually mostly automated, and you jump in, and you've got 15 to 30 seconds to wow your audience with okay. whatever you're going to do. With a podcast, you got to be able to be entertaining for that full hour. If you yeah. get boring for two minutes, people are gone. They yeah. may switch your podcast off. So, And you don't have, like right now, we don't have a whiteboard. We don't have a blackboard. We don't have an agenda. We don't oh, have. I've got, I've got the whiteboard. I showed you the whiteboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the whiteboard's got all the information on it. <laughs> so, but, you know, with, with a podcast, it's two people sitting down and talking about whatever comes to mind, which in, in radio makes a great interview. If you can do that, you're a good interviewer. There are some people who just go, so tell me about your, or what are you going to do? They don't ask any real in-depth questions, and it goes by the wayside. With a podcast, if a successful podcast in my mind, people are able to discuss things, get down to the roots of things, and be extremely interesting, which probably now that we're talking about being interesting, we've been boring for the last two minutes. <laughs> uh, it, it, is, it, it is what it is, man. Uh, I like like I've said many a times, like I, I do this because I like talking to people and, you know, hearing about whatever I could hear about. Gotcha. So, um, but anyway, um, we are smoking a couple of uh, Arturo Fuentes. Uh, I got you. Uh, we, we both have Chateaus. Okay. Um, I got you the uh, Natural, and I've got the Maduro just because okay. you're, you're not a cigar smoker. Uh, you said that you've had a couple in the past. Yep. Uh, that's going to be a little bit more mild. Yep. Uh, the Maduro's got a little bit more behind it, which okay. is what I prefer. Um, and I've already had a cigar earlier, so I didn't want to start with something that mild. Um, but I figured that would be a good fit. I, I, I sa- I've said it quite a few times when people ask, you know, what should I start with? Um, it's a good, it, it's a good premium cigar where it's not going to break the bank. It's a, you know, not necessarily a budget stick. Okay, but if you know, it's it's okay to go spend like you know six eight bucks on that. So this one cigar that I've got would be like a six to eight dollar cigar for just one. Yeah. Wow. So like in in a regular shop, uh, it's going to be about six bucks. If you're okay. in like you know somewhere that's gouging prices, if you're in a vape shop and they just happen to have a couple of cigars and you know okay. they're, they're trying to get as much as they can. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's about a six dollar cigar. These are both about six dollar cigars. Okay. Now so. when you say it's got more behind it, like. Is it a stronger flavor? Is it a chocolate flavor? Is it a, is it a dark beer flavor? How would you explain the flavor to somebody like me who's never had one that doesn't want to just burn eight dollars for, well, for no reason? Well, I mean that's that's one of the uh, I I don't know I don't want to say beauties of the of the hobby. Okay, uh, I guess getting into it it's it's definitely a lot different because getting into it, um, you know you definitely you're definitely more reserved uh, when it comes to the higher end stuff. Um, but, uh, this, this is, this has a little bit more, like I'd say like black pepper okay. than, than that one would have. Okay. Um, the, just more of a, it's, it's a little bit stronger as far as, uh, um, nicotine levels, I guess. Not, not a whole lot. Plus nicotine varies from batch to batch really. Okay. Um, but, um, it's. The the Fuentes, uh, you get into these lines, and they're they're good quality smokes that are that you're like I said, you're not going to break the bank. 
the flavor differences between these two, like I said, this one's just going to be a little bit more bold, uh, a little bit more, a little bit more spice. Okay, so uh, like a black pepper, you said. Yeah. So now, are all cigars is if you get a stronger cigar, is it that same flavor, or do some taste more like a cherry? Like if you were to smoke meat, you know how if you used a cherry, you're going to get a little bit more of a cherry flavor. You're going to use you know whatever your hickory, you're going to get more of a mesquite flavor. Is that kind of how it works with cigars? Uh, it can. Um, yeah, that's, uh, even like, even if I bought this same cigar 10 years from now, uh, even though it's the same blend of tobacco, it could still, the flavors could still be a little different because, okay. uh, tobacco grows every year. So it, climate the, could affect climate, it, soil could affect the exactly. location, all that kind of stuff. Really? Wow. So, but for the most part, it's going to be relatively the same. Um, but, um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> different 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 blends of tobaccos are definitely going to give you different flavors. Um, you know, generally, uh, kind of the same with beer. Uh, okay. The the darker beers are, you know, you, you could kind of if you pick up a beer blindfolded and taste it, you could say, all right, well, yeah, I think this is probably probably a darker beer. You know, gotcha. uh, kind of the same with cigars, but again, they they could fool you. Um, <coughs> Like uh, most most Connecticut's are going to be milder. Uh, Connecticut is the you know the the lighter shade. Um, they're the. Um, but if you've got a Connecticut wrapper with all, um, like Nicaraguan Lajero, uh inside, you're you're gonna get you're gonna get a punch to the face. Okay. Um, which Lajero, That's the the leaves at the top the, okay um but um yeah, i'm just trying to soak all this information in because yeah. I've, I've heard your podcast several times and, I, and I'm, uh, I'm no i'm no expert <clears throat> by by any means i i've got a little bit of knowledge behind me but i'm sure i'm probably still gonna say something wrong so um, how long have you been doing this as you know like a hobby like this like buying boxes and things like that um i guess buying boxes and whatnot uh the past four or five years okay um before that like i was a regular cigar smoker just not boxes and boxes gotcha i was you know go to the shop pick a few up you know whatnot but uh yeah i guess uh running out of space in the humidor for (laughs) for about four or five years so that's when 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 you get into it and uh i don't want to say collecting but you start Uh amassing a collection uh, storage runs out really fast. I can't so. imagine. It's nice. Like I said, I've never had, I mean, in, in the cigar that I'm smoking, if you look at it, it's like, this is what you would typically think like in a movie or whatever this, it looks just like what you would see, yeah. what you would think of. So, and I've always wondered, cause I, I hear you guys talking all the time about, well, this one's a little bigger, this one's a little smaller. And you, I hear you talk about ring gauges. And I was like, I'm guessing that just meant the size of it. I was like, do you put a ring on them? What would it? No, be? it's just, uh, well, I think it's. I think it's millimeters. Uh, the ring okay. gauge is millimeters, I think. But I, I'm honestly not sure. But uh, this, I want to say, is probably about a 54. Okay. Yeah, uh, 54. And so that's just so you know the size. Because when, yeah. when I heard ring gauge, I was like, well, do they, do they put a ring on it? And is that where you stop smoking? I, like, no. I've been enthralled listening to all these podcasts. I'm picking up information every time I, every time I can. But, yeah. No, it's just... Uh, the way they size it, uh, it'll be uh, length by 
width. The width is the ring gauge. The length is just you know six inches, seven inches. I would say they're all same size yeah, lengthwise. Th- no, oh, no, okay. like this. I think this is you know like I said, I think it's about a fifty-four. Um, I want to say it's a five by fifty-four. Um, I mean, even like if you just look at the boxes on the wall. Uh, like the Flor de la Antillas here. Which is a standard, looks like cardboard, what you would picture if you were to pick up a cigar box. Yeah, but it's, that's what, uh, about five and a half. Okay. But then you got the uh, Fuente box, that's probably what, let's see, the box itself is probably seven and a half. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the different different sizes. Now they'll just put side by side, they'll put two in that box, right? The, the bigger boxes, or is the cigars actually that long widthwise or lengthwise i should say um so most of the time they're all going to be uh you know at least next lined up next to each other okay um you know in a row and most boxes are going to be two rows deep okay so um, because those other boxes are a little thin that's why i didn't know if they would fit yeah two rows deep the carrillo box that had 10 in it uh, most of these had 10 okay um Let's see the Quesada box at the top. That was twenty. Um, so yeah, it's all okay. all different, all different sizes, uh, quantities, all kinds of stuff. So it's very cool. It's it's very cool. I, I just like I said, I've been listening to you guys' podcasts, and I was like, man, I want I want to know about all this stuff. I, the the one the first one I heard uh, was Keegan, and that was because a friend of mine who runs one of the radio stations that I'm a member of a network. He said, oh, we had this guy Keegan in today. We should have him come in and start running a comedy station. And I've wanted to have a comedy station on our network for since I started it. And he's like, this guy would be perfect. But I said, well, talk to him. And he goes, well, he's going to do, or he just did a podcast. He was telling me about blah, 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 search him on your iTunes. I couldn't find anything on this Keegan. I couldn't even find his podcast, the Keegan and Friends. I couldn't find any. I still to this day couldn't, haven't found it. Uh, Keegan and Friends changed to uh, the Keegan Damron show. Okay. But I uh, his website, KeeganDamron.com. Um, okay. You know, you could find find everything like that. I thought I went there. Um, But, uh, yeah, he's a good dude. Uh, he, he definitely has experience in putting shows on and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, like how are you you're not talking like a 24 hour station are you yeah basically what okay so what what when i say the network i i have a network of stations called region radio if you go to regionradio.live you'll see there's seven stations each station is run by a different person but we're all under the same network and i heard you guys on that podcast saying yeah there's just not much of a music scene in northwest indiana blah 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 and i'm thinking man they don't know about us yet because we're fairly new we've only really been out there doing it for about a year and our whole focus is to do community events for it's basically charity we're not a 501c3 yet but we did a toys for tots in december at the room and we had a bunch of bands come in we've done uh there was a couple named pete and amy who were killed in a motorcycle accident killed by a drunk driver last year we did a benefit for them with all the bands and things like that so that's basically what we do is we do fundraiser kind of stuff yeah and but each station also focuses on local artists so like the rock station plays um everything from brothers and wine to disturbed because i mean they're they're technically local uh sticks whatever all that local stuff so like with my country station i'll play uh jerica i'll play jared bolt i'll play um oh gosh what was the uh any any of the country bands that are in the area, I they're on my station. So like Tom Lounges 
uh, runs a station with us. He runs a classic rock station, of course, because that's what he's done forever. So his is called the Vintage Lounge, but he's actually going to be changing it to Midwest Beat because he used to run the magazine and things like that for the longest time. So we all focus our own genres. So we've got a country, a classic rock, a rock. Uh, we've got a rap station that was that's based out of Gary, one of the studios that they record all the local rappers. They run their own station. Now, it's mostly automated, but we do go live from time to time, and we're trying to get more and more and more live shows. But what we wanted Keegan to do was basically, it's like Sirius XM, yeah. only you don't have to pay for it. It's free. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I thought, man, him and his buddies could put all their stuff on there, promote their shows, and, and it stays local because that's our whole focus. We don't really advertise the station outside of the Chicagoland, Northwest Indiana area because that's what we do. So have you have you met him? Have you talked to him? I or? have not met him, but the guy that runs the RDP, which is Red Devil Pride, because we have a student-run station for the Lowell High School. We teach them how to do things, how to make commercials. We teach them all the ins and outs of radio. They're going to start doing podcasting and things like that in the near future, I think. But that guy was talking to Keegan, and he said that, oh, this guy Keegan would be great about starting a comedy station. I said, well, reach out to him and find out. So he reached out to him. Keegan's talking to all of his buddies, and they're trying to decide whether they want to do it or not. So that's I, I thought that you, you knew him already. No, no. I've never, uh, I personally have never met him. Otherwise, I would have tried to get him out here tonight so we could have you know hell it would have been a lot easier to figure everything out with all three of us here well like i said he talked to a guy named rich jennings who runs the rdp station and they they discussed the idea of doing this and keegan said okay let me talk to my guy so we're just at a point now where keegan's talking to his comedy buddies about hey do you guys want to put your stuff out there because when i started region radio it was roughly started the station almost two years ago i reached out to some guys they were, I guess there's a comedy troupe called the Chubby Comedy Gang or something. Yeah, okay. Josh Sumrall. That might be the guy I talked to recently, but there was a guy I talked to a couple years ago, and I told him, I said, here's what we want to do. And he goes, well, how much are you going to pay us? And I said, no, if this is an opportunity for you to advertise yourself. Yeah. You can sell advertising if you want to. That's up to you. Yeah. I said, we're not trying to do that. And he's like, mm, no, we need to, we, our, our, my guys are going to want to get paid for their work. And I'm like, all right, man, cool, whatever. And I just yeah. kind of let it go. Well, then, like I said, RDP met Keegan, and he's like, hey, this guy's really cool. And I said, dude, I've wanted to have a comedy station for since I started. It was like the third station I was going to do. I just couldn't run more than one station myself. I mean, my country station isn't the greatest because I'm on the road all the time. I'm not here to, to tweak it and fix it and add stuff and yeah, all that. I was so. going to ask how, how you work that out because you're, you're over the road, right? Yes, I yeah. leave Sunday mornings. I usually get back Thursday nights or Friday mornings. Yeah. I, I work for uh, it's a company called Silverline. They build windows. Okay. Uh, they were an, part of Anderson not long ago. Then Anderson sold us to a place called Ply Gem, and Ply Gem is like this big national one-stop shop for commercial. Like if you want to build apartments here, we can give you sheetrock and wood and concrete and windows and blah, blah, blah. So I deliver a lot of windows of like Home Depots, lumber yards, things like that. And I, like you could go into a, a lumber yard and order windows, and you say, hey, I want four silver line windows. I'll bring four silver line windows to the the yeah. lumber yard so but <laughs> i've been working on trying to find a way to do this in my semi and just last week literally last week i grabbed a usb microphone that i had in my studio and uh it's a uh, guy i can't remember the brand of it it's uh, like a 200 dollars mic no it's it's a 200 dollars mic it's uh i started to get into voiceover with a guy named oh gosh he's out of i forgot his name He's over in Illinois. He's like a big time Bill DeWeese. 
Uh, Bill Deweese is like a big time voiceover artist and he does coaching and instructional videos and things like that. And so I bought his thing and I was going to do voiceover work for a while. And because I was in between trucking things, and I thought, well, if I make this take off before I find a trucking job, well, that didn't happen. <laughs> but I thought maybe I can. I've been in radio. I've, I've got the voice. Everybody keeps telling me I've got a voice, blah, blah, blah. So I thought maybe I could make it work. It didn't work. So I went and bought the really nice $200 USB microphone, and, and I've got the, a little room that <laughs> I share with my cat. It's actually his litter box room, but I went in and cleaned out everything. The only thing in there is now his food isn't even in there. All I got left is the litter box. I'm working on getting rid of that. I just got to find a place. <laughs> for him to go because i've got five dogs as well and anybody's oh, got cats and dogs know that the uh, litter box is kind of like a buffet so <laughs> we had to make sure that it was away so but uh, i went in and i put up all the soundproofing and i put two layers of drywall so it was a little more soundproof so that if i'm in there i'm not hearing outside noise and they aren't hearing me hey this is doc daniels and you're blah 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 you know and yeah. all that stuff so um so yeah so i did all that but so I run, I do, I've done a couple shows live, but anyway, so I was saying, sorry, I have ADD, so I'm all over the place. It's like squirrel. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I took the, I took a, uh, a laptop and I took a USB microphone and I, in the truck last week, did some voice tracking for a radio station called B97, the big hoss in Atlanta. And so I was like, I'm going to see if this will work. So I turned on the hotspot on my phone because out in Minnesota, there's hardly truck stops, let alone anywhere to get internet. So I hit the hotspot on my phone and I set up my laptop and I set up the microphone and it was able, it was, I had a good enough signal. I could reach the, the station in Atlanta. I could pull up all the playlists and stuff. And I went through and I did all my voice tracking and I sent it back and I was like, Hey, let me know how this sounds. And the guy was like, sounds like you're in your studio. I'm like, dude, I'm in a semi in the middle of <laughs> Oakdale, Minnesota. And he's yeah. like, I had no idea. I'm like, Yes, so now I know I can do this in my oh, semi. Yeah. So I'm going to start doing this more regularly. So now my station might sound completely different in six months. Hey, so, you never know. But um, the the radio station itself, all the stations sound different than they did a year. Because like I said, we're brand new. And we're feeling our way through things. Um, you know, some of the guys have got four or five live shows a week now. Like uh, Tony Ortega, who I don't know if you, anybody that listens to Man Cow that's in this area will remember Big Head Tony. Well, Big Head Tony is the guy that runs our rock station, our oh, okay. hard rock station. Yeah. So we've got some decent names behind us. I mean, we've got Tom Lounges. We've got Big Head Tony. Uh, I had a guy named Bob Mandarino who is in the Blues Hall of Fame. He does a lot of work with the musicians in Chicago. Buddy Guy, Muddy Waters, all those guys when they were on. He was uh, in a band called the Home Wreckers, which, was, which is in the Blues Hall of Fame as well. I said, dude, I need your help. I want to set up a blues station, blah, 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 blah. So he kind of helped me get it started, what artist to pick, what not, blah, 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 that kind of thing. And now I've got a buddy who is named is Mike Vett. Uh, him and his wife Sandy run the blues and rockabilly. They kind of they bridge the gap between the classic rock and the country. They play all the stuff in between. So we've literally got a station for everybody. If you like any type of music, we've almost got it covered other than like b96 pop because i mean there's already seven stations to do that in yeah. chicago why would we possibly want to try to compete well with that's them? It, it threw me off because i on the way home from work today um you know i seen the wvlp is okay. 103.1 yes and it's like gee i i doubt i'll get that out here uh you know east chicago and um it's like i doubt i'll get that but you know i turned it to 1031 and uh I had something, but it was like top forty, this and that. It was like, nah, this yeah. this can't be that. And then a phone, like a seven seven three number, popped up. It's like, no, nah, that's not them. So I wasn't able to get the the I wasn't able to get it on the radio, but I pulled it up on the internet. Well, and, the um, WVLP is not actually um, what we do. Ours is strictly internet. You have to either go to regionradio.live 
and pick a station from there. Or we have, actually have a brand new app that's going to be coming out next week. We have an older app. It's okay if people want to download it. But next week, we have a, a new app coming out. Uh, just look for Region Radio. You can get on iTunes, uh, you know, uh, Android, whatever whatever you want to listen to. It is on all, all phones. And then you can listen to the seven stations. We don't have an FM dial because, one, the federal government doesn't allow it because I don't think they've opened the window for even a low-power station for 15 years. Yeah. Um, but the reason you saw WPLP is because, uh, I want to say 12 years ago, when I was doing my Dr. Karaoke DJ business, um, a buddy of mine, Lee Couch, we call him General Lee, and me, I started, I started the idea. I got with uh, Chad Clifford from Front Porch Music of Valpo. The crop puppies. I love the crop puppies. Yeah, it's, I've seen them a couple of times. So I said, hey, man, I said, I want to start a radio station. Here's what I want to do. You know, I want to play all local artists because I was at a show with Bob Mandarino who does these blues um, jams, basically. And he does them down in, like, Roselawn, about down where I live. And I went to one of those shows, and I was like, dude, I love these blues artists that you're bringing in here. Where can I listen to their music? I Like, what radio station? He goes, you won't find them on the radio. I said, why? I said, you guys, you're telling me these are... These are Blues Hall of Famers, Toronzo Cannon, Eric Davis, Pistol Pete. I mean, these guys are they're they're big big names around. Yeah. I said, why can't I hear them? He goes, there's no blues radio stations for one. And if you do find a blues show or a blues station, they're going to be playing your Muddy Waters, all your big 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 yeah, big those. names. I said, dude. He goes, I said, this is crap. I said, somebody ought to have a radio. He goes, why don't you start one? I said, dude, don't tell me that because <laughs> I'm the type of person. If you give me even an ounce of an idea, yeah. I will turn it into a ten pound bag of something in a heartbeat. And well, that three months later after he gave me that idea, I found out that WPLP will let you bring on a radio show. All you got to do is pay three hundred bucks a year, and it's they're a nonprofit. They're backed by a church or something, whatever they. So I was like, "Ooh, three hundred bucks!" I'm like, "Okay." So I went to Chad Clipper. I said, "Hey, would Front Porch Music want to sponsor my show?" So he's like, yeah, "For three hundred bucks a year, sure." So now I've got the show. Now I've got the money. All I got to do is walk in and do it. And I had a, a, a karaoke show at Martini's in Valpo every Tuesday. So I said, "Well, you guys let me come in right before my karaoke show that way, because I like I said, live down Roseland. It's an hour drive. I'm like, if I can do them all on the same day, that'd be great." They're like, "Yeah, we got nothing on Tuesdays. Go for it." So I started a local only radio show. And me and my buddy Lee, for one hour, from I think it was six to seven, whatever it was, would do this show at WBLP. We did it for like almost two years. And then we ran into some financial issues. I didn't have the show at Martini's anymore, so it was hard for me to get there. So it kind of ended up being a, well, let's table it for now. We'll get back to it. It's like on SpongeBob. Ten years later. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> me and my buddy Lee are talking. We're like, we need to do something. We need to do something with this. We had a really good following when we did it. I mean, we were crashing the servers at WBOP because they didn't have enough bandwidth to accommodate the number of people trying to tune in from outside of the area because WBOP is only a three-mile range. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Literally, it's... if you aren't, even people in Valpo can't get WBOP. <laughs> so if you're not right there in the center of town by uh, Franklin House, you're not going to get it. It's, it's, see, I haven't been there yet. I, yeah. I keep hearing about Franklin House and uh, they got good food and all that. Mm -hmm. and I, I still haven't made it out there to try it out. They do. Um, they used to have a sandwich. It was Italian beef and sausage a combo. I've had the Portillo's combo. I've never had a better combo than I had at the Franklin House when I used yeah. to stop in there. Now, this was a while ago. I don't know if the food's changed at all, but they, yeah, they had good food when I was going there. And I mean, look at me. I'm 475 pounds. I know, I know good food. <laughs> 
Four seventy-five. Yeah, I know. I knew when I said that number, you were going to look at me like that. No, yeah. I, I, you carry it well. I, I carry I, it well. I, I never I would know. have guessed four seventy-five. No. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Uh, I mean that that opens up a whole nother conversation. I haven't uh, listened to the keto podcast yet. I've got a buddy named Aaron Hedges from the Crop Puppies who's really big into keto. And I'm I'm thinking about jumping on that wagon because I got to do something. I mean, I'm 43 years old and I'm a big boy, and yeah. I need to I need to do something because I'd like to stick around for a couple more years. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any health issues. I go to the doctor every year and they check my blood, my cholesterol. And the doctors are always like, "We need to call Discovery Channel because you're as big as you are, and and you're 43, and your cholesterol is like better than a 19 year old." And I'm like, ah, it's genetics. My grandfather yeah. was an old Iowa farmer and lived to be. 98 years old and he was chasing nurses around the nursing home before he passed away yeah. so, i mean it's just it is what it is yeah i mean it, it i mean obviously there's something for everybody but it if you do it right um i'm doing something and, wrong here. And, <laughs> well you're you're just talking a lot that's all you know it's uh it, it's gonna go out if uh if you're not pulling on it every every minute or so um but yeah, as far as keto goes, like it, as long as you do it right, um, you know, and you're not just eating bacon and cheese yeah, all day the, every what day. What was that diet? Uh, Atkins. Atkins. Yeah. yeah. Which I mean, keto is uh, along the same lines. Yeah, but um, or maybe it's just uh, rebranded. Uh, Could be. It's it's that similar, but uh, I mean, you focus more on the healthy fats. Yes. And whatnot. Um, like right now. Uh, I'm actually on uh, day five of no meat. Which, Whoa! Yeah, which I couldn't do that. I I didn't think I could either. Which I'm we're we're me and my wife changed diets. Oh my uh, Five days ago after after the Super Bowl, and tomorrow is a cheat day. So I'm eating. I'm probably going to get a steak or something tomorrow. Wow! Like it's it's not like I'm going meatless for any uh, any uh, moral or ethical reasons or anything like that. Trust me, I I still I still plan hey. on eating plenty of meat. Um, yeah, people that don't eat meat. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Do what you want to do, man. Yeah. You do you. I do me. Hey, hey it's yeah, all good. exactly. As long as as long as you're not going to sit here and tell me that I'm wrong. Yeah, Bible yeah. thumper kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> if religion's the same way. Hey, you well, do here, you. Here, do. We, here we go into another topic. <laughs> Told you, squirrel. Yeah. Um, and you're going to need that whiteboard tonight. I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, the keto uh, Gour- Gourmet uh, from mm. Gourmet Goes Keto. Like he's. Uh, he, I, like I said, you know, we had the one podcast, talked to him for a couple hours. Uh, it it se- was over seemed, two hours, I saw. Yeah, seems, okay. seems like a really good guy. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to him, especially just the fact that, like, the success that he's had twice. Yeah. Um, he lost 200 pounds, gained it back, lost I mean, Yeah. No, what he, did he do to gain it back? That's why I was like, once he lost it, how did he just, gain it back? Just, just, just uh, stopped got, doing what he was doing? Got back into the routine. Because, oh. see, I, I'd done that once. I, I got to around 350, 360, and I lost 50, 60 pounds working with my buddy Aaron. And then I with the truck, what I was doing was I was buying those really expensive $150 coolers that, like, you plug them in, and they drop the temperature 40 degrees below the external temperature and stuff like that. And I was, you know, trying to eat healthy, kind of doing a keto thing, but not really, you know, just trying to eat right. And it's so hard in a semi because the cooler would break down or something would go wrong. I'd have to take all the stuff out every weekend. And then I would, well, I'll go to the store tomorrow and maybe on Monday when I get to Minnesota or, and then I would, well, and then, and it just kind of not, then I didn't go to the store and it's just so it's, hard to eat right it, in a semi. It's, it's, it's a lot harder. 
it's, uh, it's than, so hard. Than, than just stopping at the at the truck stop and grabbing a buffet or anything like that. Uh, yeah, and so. every truck stop you go to, it's either Subway, McDonald's, Arby's. Well, there you go. Or Denny's. There you I go. Mean, the, the the Subway diet. You should be. You should. Be, I tried. Uh, <laughs> I got so sick of Subway. I haven't had a Subway in eight months. <laughs> I, I I couldn't tell you the last time I was at Subway. Um, but no. So I. It's like just just trying something different. It's like ah, I'm just gonna go no meat. Okay. And I I was gonna do. I was gonna try to do uh, like uh, vegetarian or vegan keto, um, which. After the first couple, well, the first day, um, so we decided to change our diets on Monday. Monday I fasted. I, I fasted for know, like 26 hours or something uh, just to kind of reset my body before okay. I did something else. And They, um, always, they say you should do that. So that, yeah. yeah. And um, after that, it's like, all right, I'm going to you know, cut out carbs too. Carbs um, and meat at the same time? Yeah. What are you which, eating, water? Uh, pretty much. <laughs> uh, I, actually, like... Um, it's actually kind of weird. It, it's hard. Uh, it, I mean, Especially a lot, a lot, a lot kids of salad. Too. How do they do it? Oh, oh well, he's he's eating for the most part normal. Uh, oh, so you've got normal food now. Oh, I couldn't oh, yeah. do it. I couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I have but, no willpower. <laughs> like uh, yesterday, um, I tried out um, oyster mushrooms, like breaded and fried. Okay. Well, what did you bread them if you're not doing carbs? Uh, well, that's yesterday. I was like, uh, I'm gonna eat a little bit. Oh, of carbs, okay. Okay. You know? Okay. Um, but uh, it was just like you know, flour, water, salt. Okay. Uh, baking powder. You know, whatever. Just a little. Bit. Um, because that almond flour is expensive. I tried that too. It's I, a little one half pound bag is like seventy dollars. I'm like, okay. I'm <laughs> <laughs> this is gold it's, it's flakes are bad. cheaper. <laughs> no, I, I I actually used some almond flour for uh, breading tonight. We uh, okay. You know, I made the wife and kids some chicken nuggets with, uh, like, the almond flour and uh, some cornstarch for for oh, the batter to keep it together. That's yeah. because almond flour doesn't stick. No. we tried. Uh, I seriously, we we got a, like a one pound bag. I think it was fifteen bucks. Whatever it was, it's expensive. But yeah, we couldn't get anything to work like flour because the the gluten in flour just is that's what keeps everything together. So you're, we tried ca- the cauliflower flour. We tried almond flour. Uh, coconut plot. <laughs> yeah. We tried all it. We just it so, just didn't work. Some of the recipes were good. Yeah, but they're so expensive now. Well, that's I I did find like you know when I when I'm in my keto kick like I I've found and my wife's found a bunch of stuff that's not too bad to make and it actually turns out pretty good. Um, but yeah, last night uh, because of a dude named Andy Reed. Uh, not not the coach. Oh, I was gonna say what? Not the, not, the, not the coach. <laughs> um, uh, he's actually had a couple of podcasts. Um, uh, he used to do uh, T Pig. This podcast is garbage, and huh. uh, you can't find that anymore. That's uh, been wiped from the history books. Um, then he did a couple episodes of uh, like I think he called it the next episode with Andy Reid. But anyway, he he went vegan uh, about a year and a half, two years ago, somewhere around okay. there, and uh. uh what I don't know, a few weeks ago, maybe a month or two, he he posted this picture of uh, oyster mushrooms in place of a chick, like a buffalo chicken sandwich. Okay, so like and, a portobello sandwich. Yeah. Okay. So like he put, it's like, damn, that looks pretty good. I'm gonna have to fucking try that. So when I decided to go no meat, it's like, all right, I got to get oyster mushrooms. Like, <laughs> so I, what I, is an oyster? What does it look like? I've uh, never heard of. It. I love mushrooms. Like but. like like an alien gray. 
they they kind of grow. I, I what I'm picturing from okay. the, from like their shape, they kind of grow out sideways from whatever and come up. Kind of kind of looks like an oyster, I guess. Really? Okay. Because um, I've seen like a morel's got it looks like a sponge. Yeah, kinda, like, a, yeah. like a brain. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. well, that's even better. Yeah, brain is a good one. Um, but yeah, I, I tried that out. So like I asked him, I was like, you know, any tips on on doing this he's like uh you know you gotta have a deep fryer it's like i could get away with you know a, a pot with some oil you know okay um, so we've got an air fryer we we started doing that thing oh that'll eat healthier but yeah we just make better crap in it <laughs> but he uh the, the one tip that he gave me that uh after tonight which i'll get into after this uh i i found out was very helpful uh with the oyster mushrooms you have to let them soak in the batter for an hour before you cook them oh so uh, I don't know if it was that or what, but tonight I did a portobello cap okay. in the almond flour okay. uh, batter that I made for my wife's chicken. Um, and that, you know, again, it turned out pretty good, but I just dipped the uh, the the cap in there right before I threw it in the oil and it didn't stick to the mushroom very well. But okay. it still turned out well. Okay. So yeah, I think on TikTok I've seen that now they to, for the buns they're making these waffle-type, breads i don't know how to explain it it's it's a certain type of flour egg and a couple of ingredients and they put it in a waffle and it makes keto bread but yeah. you can make sandwiches with it and i was like oh that might it's, help i i've i've made like a a loaf of keto bread once but i think i overcooked it a little bit okay because it's very very heavy on the eggs and then like i i can't remember if it was almond or coconut flour or what um but anyway i think i overcooked it a little bit because the bottom of it was almost like kind of greenish. Okay. Uh, like if you overcook a hard-boiled <laughs> egg, the yolk gets green. Okay. So oh, that's why it turns green. I, I always wonder why I get green eggs. I thought, ooh, is it bad? Should I yeah. throw that out? I didn't know what. The- <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's definitely an adventure playing around with so many different uh, diets, lifestyles, yeah. whatever, however you want to phrase it. Um, it's definitely interesting, and yeah, if it's not. If it's not keto, like there's like my my wife is doing uh, like twenty one day fix, and that's you know like all portion control and okay. you know, shit like that. So my brother did the snake thing where you don't eat for like sixteen hours, and then you're only able to eat in the next like six hours. Yeah, intermittent and fast. Yeah, he did that, and he lost like twenty or thirty pounds, and then he quit doing it. But just <laughs> well, that, that's the thing. Like uh, something like that, you you if you if you're not eating for sixteen hours out of the day, you give your body a full chance to digest everything in your in your system plus uh right around after 14 hours or so your body goes into like autophagy the, the keto mode or whatever. well no no just uh, autophagy which is basically the um your your body's cleanup process it'll start eating away at the the, the dead and uh, really da- damaged cells so it'll because one once your body's not digesting anything it's got to go after something at least that's Huh. How how I understand it, so. I'll be, I, I don't know. So, but see, my problem is uh, half of my problem is ninety percent mental, as Yogi Bear would almost say. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, it <laughs> is because I drive around and I'm like, I'm kind of hungry, but I'm not really that hungry. But I should probably eat something because I haven't eaten it yet today. And then and then I'm sitting there driving around, and all I'm thinking about is eating something, and I yeah. do it all the time. And now after doing that for an hour or two. I've talked my body into, damn, you're pretty hungry. Yeah, I exactly. should go eat something. And then, of course, trying to get a semi. Well, it's either what do I want today? Do I want McDonald's or Denny's? I mean, yeah. it's just, God, I hate it. Yeah. 
So, but now we're supposed to get these new trucks in May where I work, and they come with microwaves, refrigerators, power units, and I'm like, ooh, I'm like, I'm gonna be able but to eat and podcast. Oh my god, but that, <laughs> I'm never gonna get anything done. That, that's where something like intermittent <laughs> fasting could really benefit you uh, if you if you're not eating for 16. If you only have that eight hour window. Uh, what you're allowed to drive what 14 or 16 hours you can hours drive a day. for 11 hours a day and you can work 14 but being that i make deliveries i start delivering when the home depots open their docks at seven or eight in the morning and then by five o'clock in the afternoon they're done yeah so there's times in the evening if i'm not driving around to get fuel or if i'm not driving the rest of the evening to get to like sometimes i have to deliver in duluth which is yeah. a two and a half hour drive from minneapolis so if i'm not doing that there's some evenings in the middle of the week that i've got nothing to do which I usually sit around and work on region radio stuff or whatever. You know, like right now I'm I'm really busy because we just last week announced that we're going to be doing Region Stock 2020, which is a festival that we did last year out at a campground in North Judson, and it was a whole weekend thing. It was the 50th anniversary of Woodstock, yada, 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 yada. Yeah. And it was just a fun thing because I made a post on Facebook. I'm like, hey, how funny would it be if there was a region or a, there was a Woodstock here in the region for the anniversary? Just completely joking around. <laughs> And it got like 2,000 likes, and I got 50 people, and I had probably 20 bands. And I'm like, what? The? And all my friends are like, what did you do? My phone's well, because look, looks like we're doing this. So I guess what you do, like I said, don't give me even an ounce of idea because I will blow it up. So what went from, hey, how cool would that be to, it was a four day festival. We were in North Judson, we were at a campground. It was a four day pass. You could stay all weekend. We had 22 bands. We had food. <laughs> I went stupid. We had a $12,000 budget. But that's that, that's that's awesome to be able to do something like that. And we only missed by fifteen hundred bucks. We yeah. almost broke even so on the thing. That's hey, that's a win. I, that's what I said. The, the amount of publicity that we got out of this thing, we had ad, you know in the paper they were writing about it because uh, Tom Lounge's writes for the Times. So we had things in the Times. We had things in the Post. We had uh, the Northwest Indian Entertainer did a big article on it. I mean, it was like this huge, and it really. That's why I said we've kind of only been doing this for a year, and that was just last August that we did that. Yeah. So Region Radio has really only been on the map for six months yeah so now this year what we're going to do is like i said we we try to do things for the community so june 12th and 13th we're going to be at the um fair uh, the what do they call that the cedar lake town grounds next to the police department right by the lake okay i've never been there but everybody tells everybody tells me oh they do cedar lake fest there every year I've never been there. But so we're going to use the grounds. The town donated the property for us, so we didn't have to pay for that. Now, we do have to pay for the cops and the security, um, but we're going to have a beer garden. We're going to have Friday and Saturday. We're going to have a bunch of bands come out, but we're donating a portion of the proceeds three ways. We're giving some of it to uh, the Red Cedars Museum, which is a museum that is right in Cedar Lake on the grounds. And nobody ever thinks of them, so we're like, hey, we're going to be right here. Let's give to them. And we're going to donate to a food bank in Lowell. I think it's called the Cedar Creek Food Bank. They actually uh, they work with people in Lowell or Cedar Lake. So we're like, hey, that's really cool. Let's give to them. And then the other thing we're going to do is uh, the Lake County Animal Shelter. We're going to donate to them. So those three charities are going to get a portion of what what all we bring in. Yeah. And we're calling it Listener Appreciation Day because it's free to get in. We're not charging to get in. Now, we are charging 10 bucks for parking. Yeah. Um, and we might get a couple hundred cars if we have a really good day. But basically, most of the money we're going to make off of the beer garden. And we've, yeah. told, we've told all the bands, we're like, hey... This is voluntary. Uh, you come out and, and play. We'll give you an hour on the stage. You can sell your merch, do whatever you want to do. If there's a decent amount of money left over, then we'll take whatever little bit's left over, and we'll just split it equally amongst you. So, like, if there's 30 players, 
well, we got a thousand dollars each guy will get thirty bucks or so. Yeah. It won't be a lot, but yeah. we want to pay the band something. We don't want to abuse them like a lot of places do because yeah. we're trying to help the local music scene, not hurt it anymore. Well, than that, it is. but I mean, especially with it being a local mm-hmm. music scene, like just getting the exposure, you know, yeah. like like you mentioned with the comedy earlier, um, you know, it's it's marketing. Get the get the exposure. It's free free advertisement. Yep. You know, for for your your uh, means of entertainment. And I know a lot of bands hate that. They're like, yeah, I can really pay my bills with all of that free free exposure I'm getting. Yeah. I, I, we get it because like, people I, do that to bands all the time. I, I get that for like a big festival like South by Southwest or, yeah. you know, something like that. It's like, all right, come on. Like, this is actually a big production. Like, you, got, you guys are making money off of this. Why can't you take care of the band? Mm-hmm. But something on a local scale like this, like, yeah. I, I would think that that would be to be, that that would be, expected yeah we've only and, had one band that said ah we, we you know we do a lot of gigs and to give up a friday or a saturday would really hurt our pocket we're, hey that's, no problem and they're that, a really that, good band so we're like okay that's cool no problem and i'm not going to name them because i don't want to shame anybody but no but that, that's a pretty fair point like if you've got if you've got the market on the weekend that you are passing up yeah you know then obviously that's a different story yeah like when i was a, a karaoke dj i'd get somebody wanted me to do a wedding and it's like i would charge nine hundred dollars to do a wedding and now i know other people like music men i don't know if they're still around or not but other businesses would be charging like fifteen hundred to do a wedding i was charging nine hundred yeah I, you know i had a pretty decent setup i had the lights i had the the you know images on the ground and i had you know very good speaker system i you know i had all that kind of stuff so i i was okay i think when it comes to doing weddings i was decent um, but yeah, I would, I wouldn't charge as much and there'd be a bar show that would be like, Hey, could you come play at our bar and do karaoke for a hundred dollars <laughs> on Saturday nights? It was so hard to do cause I could yeah. make 900 at a wedding and that's what I did for a living. It wasn't like I did karaoke on the weekends and I had another job. I literally at one point had four systems. I had seven different people that worked for me. We did shows from Chicago to South Bend. I mean, I want to say Dr. Karaoke was a pretty big name, but in the terms of mobile DJ stuff, I mean, I don't know how many other companies like Music Men and Four Star DJs, I think, were the other two companies that were bigger than I was. Yeah. And that was it. So, I mean, I, it was a thing. I mean, I that's what I did for a living. It wasn't a side game. And if, if Four Star is the same company, uh, they, they had a big advertising, advertising uh, section of business as well. Or not advertising, uh, uh, fucking, like, amusement. Uh, pool tables, video game, like arcade games, and I don't stuff know if like they're that. the same company or not. I know you're talking, yeah, Four Star Amusement, yeah. Well, it's uh, the only reason I know that name is because my my grandpa had an amusement company, and Four Star came in and said, "All right, you can keep what you've got, and that's it." Like so, as as each place ended up eventually closing and dying off, you know, so did my grandpa's business. But um, so your grandpa did video machines, jukeboxes, things like that. Yeah. Really? Yeah, that's I, I've got I've got a I've got an old RBI baseball TKO boxing really uh, two sided uh, short like sit down ar- arcade game yeah cabinet uh, I've got that I I just gave uh, my brother in law a uh, jungle hunt cabinet really um, I had a, a it's still in the storage unit it's in pretty bad shape uh, our storage unit fucking the ceiling caved oh uh, God. water water damage. But, uh, they had insurance to pay for your stuff, uh, or how did that work out? No, that's uh, in in the works, I guess. But uh, so this was recent, then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, but uh, a uh, puck bowling, uh, shuffleboard bowling machine oh, uh, with the pins at the end. You throw yeah. the thing and it cling. Oh yeah. my god! See, I me, I don't know how old you are. I'm 43, so I grew up 
where when my parents got divorced when I was seven. So my dad lived in Walkerton, Indiana. My mom lived in Westville. So we would end up going to Laporte sometimes. And if anybody's our age who goes to Laporte, you remember the old Aladdin's Castle. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. It was a huge arcade. It was like the biggest thing around. I said, like, maybe showbiz. But, I mean, it was awesome. So I spent a lot of my time as a kid playing video games in an arcade until we got the Atari 2600 and started playing all the games you just yeah. mentioned. <laughs> yeah. No, that's I for, told you, Squirrel, man. I'll talk about it. For, for us, uh, we had uh, Friar Tux in uh, Cal City. Hmm. Uh, that was a I don't know that one a little arcade in uh, in a strip mall. But uh, me and my brother, uh, hell, it's been a couple of years now. But me and my brother took our dad. I'm I'm 39 by the way. Wow. Okay. Um, but we took uh we took our dad out to uh, Brookfield. There's a place called Galloping Ghost. Okay. And it is literally uh as packed as you can get with all vintage arcade games. With they've got really? about. Um, I want to say about eight or nine pinball tables, and the rest is all arcade games. Wow! So um, they got like the old Punch Out, and uh, it's everything. Wow. Like they they've got it's it's such a massive collection, and it's like twenty five bucks to get in for the day. Oh my god! So you don't need like twenty dollars in quarter. No, Holy every, cow! No. So it's like a Dave and Buster's with better games. <laughs> well, it depends on how you look at better games. <laughs> See, the, yeah, well, the Dave and Buster's they had. Games that, I mean, okay, yeah, punch the thing, or, you know, I, I, it kind of seemed like a cheap carnival. I, it's been a long time since I've been there, but... I've, I've never been to a Dave the games, and Buster's. The games were like, like a, a dollar, and it wasn't any games that I remember ever playing. It's just... Um, but uh, the, the only downside, if you want to call it a downside, is that when you go, it's, it's literally aisles and aisles and aisles of arcade games, and if... I'm playing this game, and you're playing the game behind me. Like we better be comfortable with our asses touching. Oh, it's like that it's close. it's wow. it, it's packed. So like I would they, clog up the aisle. <laughs> you know, uh, no, no offense, but yeah, it would be it would be tough. Uh, but like they have like every game has world record and oh. uh, galloping ghost record, and people legitimately go there. To try to break world records, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty neat. Like uh, a lot of young kids, like uh, pretty oh much any, God. pretty much anyone younger than us, probably not gonna enjoy it as much as we do, um, because it is all the old cabinet arcade wow. games. See, I always wanted a Pac Man tabletop. I didn't want the big tall. I wanted the flat tabletop. Yeah, because my mom was a waitress at a little bo- uh, truck stop in Westville called Oasis. Now, it's burned down since, and the LNG, old LNG is now whatever that thing is there on the big corner if you ever go through Westville. But when I was a kid, she used to work at the Oasis, which is right there in, by the uh, junkyard. And uh, I when I, that thing babysat me. I don't know how many days, <laughs> I mean, of my life. If I wasn't at the Pac-Man at the, at the truck stop, if I was with my dad for the weekend, I was in the VFW or the American Legion playing pool. Yeah. I mean, that's, I don't know if you grew up that way, but I know a lot of kids my age grew up kind of, in the bar. <laughs> kind, kind, of, kind of a combination, actually. Uh, my, my grandpa owned a bar in Hegwish. Okay. Uh, it was a eight-lane bowling alley slash bar. Okay. Oh, called, God, uh, the bowling alleys, yeah. Uh, Penguin Lanes. And, you know, South Chicago, Hegwish, um, mm-hmm. and two pool tables, a couple arcade games, eight-lane bowling alley, and then the bar. Well, my dad was bartender, you know, kind of ran okay. the place. Uh, 
and yeah, that's that's where I grew up for the first few years of my life. Uh, that's one one of my favorite stories that that my dad has about the bowling alley, and it really, you know, foreshadows my future quite a bit. Um, but one, you know, he sometimes at the end of the night, um, you know, me and my me and my older brother would, you know, he'd let us sit at the bar after they were closed because yeah. obviously we couldn't sit there. While they were but nobody open. had a problem with the kids. Around. I mean, you were basically a bar back, and you didn't know yeah. it because your dad obviously, hey, go in that cabinet yeah. and get me a box of Seven Up or something. You know, <laughs> but um, God, the like, good old days. <laughs> you know, he would he would crack open a like a, a Miller Light and pour half of it, half and half. You know, for for mm-hmm. me and my brother. Uh, oh wow! I'm, oh, okay, I never got that. I'm, <laughs> I'm like I'm like four or five years old. My brother is six, seven years old. Really? Yeah. And you're and splitting a beer? Di- different different times, oh, I know, man. I different know. Different times. I know. And, I mean, uh, when we would go camping, I could maybe get a beer, but my dad was not much on letting us have the alcohol, but he was okay with us being in the bar. And he was always a big, well, he was in the Army. He was in, uh, I think, uh, Vietnam or whatever, but he he doesn't talk about us. I really don't know anything what he did, but he's always been Amer- American Legion or VFW. So I grew up in those two places. And it's exactly like you said. We, I never got the beer, but he would always get us a Seven Up. Yeah. And back then, can of Seven Up was like twenty five cents or yeah. some shit, you know. Or or if you if you didn't have the money, you got that ten cent can of like Bubble Up or whatever yeah. the Wildwood, <laughs> or it just said lime yeah. on it. Yeah, don't don't knock the Wildwood. <laughs> no, no, because the cream soda was the bomb. Oh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I had no idea I'd be talking about that tonight. God, I thought of this stuff in thirty years. So. So my dad, you know, he he lets us split the beer and whatnot. Um, and at the end of the bar, he had like it was like a a, a stoplight lamp. You know? oh, oh yeah, yeah. Green, green, I always wanted one for my bedroom. Green <laughs> green was bars open. Okay. Yellow was last call. Okay. And red was bars closed. Okay. And um, he switched that and he turned the overheads on. And I guess without without missing a beat, I just look over. I got my elbows on the bar, you know, my my little my little mini glass of beer in front of me, and I go over. Hey, you you closing up on us? <laughs> I had just, four or five, just, just, just like just like an old pro. You've like seen been, that a thousand times. And and I'll tell you what, like when I got into my late teenage years and early twenties, that was that was definitely me. Wow, man, that is that is awesome. Yeah. I, Man, I, I miss those days. Those but were... yeah, I've still got. Uh, let's see, a buddy of mine has a, a pool table that he's waiting for me to pick up because he's at it at his house. A CD jukebox is there as well. Um, yeah, all uh, two more cabinets in the storage unit. Um, uh, two two forty five jukeboxes. Uh, one well, one of them I took out to the dumpster because it was uh, uh, a lot of water damage after the uh, the leak. Okay. Uh I might try to restore the other one that we got in there, but I'm not sure. Like they're they're nothing fancy. They're just yeah. the 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 Rockola, you know, it's not the not the fancy fucking like bubbles and yeah. lights and all that shit. Oh, no. the three the yeah. blue, green or blue and red or whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah okay. It, it's nothing like that, but uh I mean, to me like hell, I've I've known these machines since I was fucking 5 yeah. years old, wow. 4 years old. Um you said the ones a CD. It's not album, so there's like no old records in it. No, I've is... I've got I've got one that's record. Okay, and I've got one that's CDs, which is like one of the first CD jukeboxes on the market. So it's nothing. Fucking, oh, okay. It's okay. It's, it's heavy. It's uh, uh, okay. It, it's 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 definitely lunky. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's all shit that eventually I plan on putting in here. Uh, if I ever turn the 
the the black flannel studio into the black flannel lounge, <laughs> then you know I've got I've that got I've cool. got what I need. That it's just a cool. matter of cleaning the rest of this shit out of here. So. I, hey, I've got a basement that I wanted to turn into something, and my wife was like, "No, I'm going to put some weight equipment or in some workout stuff." And she did that for like a couple months, and now it's basically a 20 by 30 storage shed and i've got a path that i walked through to get to my yeah the me and the cat studio <laughs> no that's uh i plan on waiting about another month <clears throat> and then hitting up the marketplaces for a treadmill because i figure uh by okay. by march Everybody everyone's be gonna be of off their kick <laughs> you might even find them out on the street <laughs> exactly like uh, this thing's taking up too much space uh just you know 50 bucks come get it you know whatever expensive coat hangers or clothes hangers yeah, yeah exactly so <laughs> All right, I'm oh, gonna go shoot. grab another cigar. Okay. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. I just noticed a minute ago. I'm like, oh man, he took the the ring off of it. I'm like, I'm, I'm I gotta catch <laughs> up. <I'm> like... <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna take this break as an opportunity to remind you I'm raising money for St. Baldrick's Childhood Cancer Research. So less than four percent of the National Cancer Institute budget is solely for childhood cancers. Every grant funded by St. Baldrick's is for childhood cancer research directly. Childhood cancer is the number one cause of death by disease in children of the USA. This is my 10th year doing it. Um, so I decided that if I raise over the $2,000 goal, I'm going to dye my beard gold. Whoever makes the highest donation by February 24th gets to choose the color of my hair. And if I reach that $2,000 goal, I'm going to dye my beard gold that is the uh, color of the childhood cancer ribbon. So let's shoot for that. The link could be found at the top of my webpage uh, in a red banner uh, saying St. Baldrick's 2020. Um, every two minutes, a kid is diagnosed with cancer. So the breakdown of every dollar that you donate to St. Baldrick's, 73 cents goes directly to grants to fund childhood cancer research. Uh, four cents goes to administration fees, and the other 23 cents goes to the cost of fundraising and whatnot. It costs money to put on all these events across the country all year long, and that's where that money goes to. But 73 cents on the dollar, I think, is a pretty fair uh, donation, uh, especially the fact that it's all going to childhood cancer specifically. So... Don't forget, check out the St. Baldrick's link on my website, theherfcast.com, and click that link for St. Baldrick's 2020. Thank you. Hey, now he hits the record button. No, Shit. no, it was it was after you said you were a fucking disaster. So, no, um, so yeah, we, we, we took a little break there. We let the garage warm up, uh, poured some fresh drinks. I got a new cigar. Uh, I'm still working on mine. I'm a total... I, I lit up. Uh, I, I'm sticking with the uh, Fuente tonight. That's way different though. See, that's much longer. It's a little skinnier, yeah, but it's the same uh, cigar though. Uh, no, not the oh, same okay. cigar. It's uh, definitely a different blend. It's uh, okay. Fuente Añejo 888. It's uh, this, see that like this is a 44 ring gauge. It's, yeah, it's a little uh, smaller. So that's, yeah, um, but it's six and seven eighths in length. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the the Añejo. It's aged. Uh, the, these are aged. The tobacco's aged quite a while before. Okay. I I, I want to say eight years, but really? I'm probably full of shit when I say that. So, <laughs> um, I just I noticed as we were talking and as, as we we did some of the stuff, cigars are a lot like wine. 
like wine, like coffee, like scotch. Like there's a lot of the same. No, wait a minute. Coffee. Coffee. They age coffee. Well, it's like as far as like tasting notes and nuances okay. Oh, okay. and, and okay. picking up the different subtle flavors and shit like that. Uh, wine, cigars, coffee, scotch, you know, uh, and it, I guess really anything that you get into like that aspect where where you're looking for those subtleties and whatnot. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of the same. Like, you know, you're you're aging um, and whatnot, uh, like. Some some cigars age better than others, just like wine. Okay. Um, you know, I, I don't know about coffee. Uh, I'm not a coffee drinker. I'm like the only truck driver that doesn't drink coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll drink a gallon of Mountain Dew, but coffee? No, nah, yeah. I just... <laughs> uh, see, that's, that's, that's so bad. I know. It's so bad. It's the worst thing I could possibly drink next to, like, battery acid or jolt or whatever that stuff was yeah, called. Yeah, yeah. I know. Jolt, jolt was definitely, uh, it, it'll get you going, mm. but... I'm addicted to it. I honestly think you can you can get addicted to food. I honestly oh, believe that because I I know I have a problem mentally when yeah. it comes to the food. Because like I said, not only do I drive around and think about it when you're in a truck, if you're not listening to music or something or a podcast, what else do you get to do when you got an hour drive to your next destination? Yeah. You sit around and think about whatever comes to your mind. Well, when you're a guy like me, I constantly think about food. Yeah. And it's not always just fast food. Sometimes I'm thinking about... I want to get home this weekend. I wonder if the wife will make me a lasagna. I wonder if we could go out for crab legs. I wonder if we could. And I sit and think about it's literally yeah. it's a. I swear to God, it's a disease. And I sometimes get so depressed and hate myself because I think that way. Uh, and then I get more mad because I'm getting mad at myself and I'm thinking about food. I'm like, how stupid of an right, asshole is, are you? Th- this is going to sound really fucking bad, <laughs> but one of the, one of the most true lines ever spoken. Uh, in in a comedy film, is from the character Fat Bastard in Austin Powers. Okay, I've you seen know, that movie. I, I I'm depressed because I eat, and I eat because I'm depressed. Or, I you know, what, never. What, what, oh my god! What whatever the line was, I fucked it up. I'm sure, but that's he says it. Like I I eat because I'm depressed, and I'm, I'm depressed because to I eat. Because that, that almost what you just said is. I mean, I've had conversations with my wife, and I'm practically in tears because I am so pissed off at myself. But then I swear to God, 30 minutes later, I'm calling Little Caesars and ordering a full pizza. Yeah. And I'll eat three-fourths of the damn thing because I got nothing better to do, especially at night when I'm sitting in a truck. Like I said, I deliver windows. If Home Depot closes. See, I, I think that that's where, like, if you if you start to practice, like, intermittent fasting, like, I, I really think, like, once you get used to it, like, it's not going to be that big of a deal in the truck. Now... I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about because I've never driven a truck, but like I used to do some some uh, reptile delivery, uh, but nothing. It wasn't over the road like for yeah. a week at a time, you know, shit like that. But like once you once you learn to, which I I found it pretty pretty surprisingly that I was able to discipline myself pretty pretty quickly when I got into it because like. I, my wife still thinks I'm crazy whenever I do like a 24 or 48 hour fast. Oh, how in the hell? It's but the, it started with intermittent fasting. Like it's like all right, I'll start with 12 hours. 12 hours should be pretty easy, you know, if you count if the I'm time, sleeping. if if you count <laughs> if you count the time that you're sleeping. Oh no, I couldn't do all it. All right, so that's that's 6 hours there. You skip breakfast, oh. you're good. You know. Oh, oh, you can count the sleeping time. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. See, and so I know this is... it, it's it's total hours. So okay. like I mean, if, all right, I'm going to fast for 24 hours, so, all right, 
I'm I'm going to have dinner with the family and I'm just not going to eat anything until I have dinner with the family again. You know, there, so, okay, there've been days in the truck where I eat at night and then I don't eat again until that dinner the next day. So 24 hours almost. But the problem is when I do eat again, I can eat an entire pizza. I'm eating everything everything for a full hour. I'm like, I'm going to a buffet and I'm taking money from them. I'm killing them. Yeah. But I was going to say when you were talking about that, and this is going to, this is going to make me sound like the biggest glutton in the world. I used to do when I was 18, 19, whatever it was when you could first start doing, I used to donate plasma because I was poor. So did I. Okay. So, (laughs) so now there have been times and it's, God, I can't believe I'm going to say this. There have been times that I have literally gone and done plasma just so I could go buy food that I wanted. I didn't need it. I didn't need it at all. But I was like, hey, I can go make 30 bucks and go buy me the double Whopper from McDonald's or from Burger King. I strictly did it just so I could buy some shit food. That's yeah. how big of a fat ass I am. Oh, that's <laughs> me, me, and, me and my buddy, uh, me and my buddy, Alan, we used to donate plasma strictly like, you know, we got the max amount every month. You know, mm-hmm. and you it can was, almost make a car payment now. Yeah, but it was like at the time it was something like three hundred and fifty dollars a month that yeah. you could get for donating. What was it like eight times a week or eight ti- eight times a, a month, month, twice a week? Yeah, twice. Yeah. You twi- get like twenty five, thirty bucks yeah. per donation. Yeah, so you get sixty bucks and a week. It was it was all for cigarette money. <sighs> okay, and at the time it was like uh, uh they they had chick, like dollar chicken sandwiches at Burger King. I can't remember what they were called. Oh God, yes. Um, was it the were the original chickens were cheap then? No, no, no it, it was those? like it was like the little. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but anyway, uh, but on on Plasma Day, we would go to the taco house that was right across the street from Ham and High. It okay. was a place that we would go. On lunch in high school, we went to Ham and High, and that's where we would go to sit and smoke cigarettes and, you know, maybe eat some fries or some shit. Uh, so, like, a little bit of nostalgia, like, <laughs> af- after we would donate plasma, we'd go get a chicken sandwich, and then go buy our cigarettes, and somehow the rest of the week, we'd have money for beer. Yeah. You know. Um, but see, that's what I'm saying. I, I can't even understand that. I literally, the only reason I went was so I could have money to buy crap that I wasn't supposed to have because at that time I didn't have my own money. My money would go into the joint checking account. So my wife would know every dollar I spent. And if she saw, wait, the fuck, you went to McDonald's twice today for breakfast and lunch? Oh, yeah. But if oh, I geez, now, so you were doing I plasma was, to get the cash so it wouldn't yes, be tracked. I'm hiding it from my oh, wife. That's Jesus. what I'm saying. I am that oh. big of a fat ass. <laughs> Man. I have a problem. All right. Yeah, <laughs> my that, name is Rich, and I have a problem. That, that, I mean, that, that's a whole that's a whole yes. new level there. It's almost like drugs. That's why I said it's yeah. I, it's insane how bad. I I mean, I used to be. Now I've got my own money. I drive a truck, so it's it's not like I go do plaz to go get. But I still, when I'm sitting in a the truck, there's times where I'm like, God, could I fit my truck in that gas station? Because I know they've got dollar ninety nine rib sandwiches today or something. Yeah. I literally will try to think. I, my brain will do that, and sometimes I've got to tell myself, no, dumbass. Don't do that. Yeah. But it's hard because it's so, like I said, it's like, I know people say sugar is addictive and that's my biggest thing. See, my mom used to work at the Valparaiso University after she was not a waitress anymore. She met my stepdad who was a truck driver when I was little, um, used to go with him and all that kind of stuff. That's where I got the fever for it. But my mom was the head baker at the Valparaiso University 
bakery, whatever they do, all the you know whatnot. And she would come home with some of the most amazing desserts, and I was just. I, I could live on sweets. I sweets and meat. If those were the only two food groups, oh yeah, I would. I'm oh, done. I'm. That's sure. all I need. Yeah, I don't even need water for damn. I mean, just whatever. Yeah, so, just, just just for lubrication to let everything let get everything, down the gullet. Yeah. You know, and my I got my Mountain Dew. I'm good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and I've tried to quit. I there was a time, like I said, when I was working with my buddy Aaron and I was trying to eat right and I lost fifty pounds. I didn't drink pop for like six months. I had zero See, pop. The, like one thing that I noticed, like the first time that I went keto, like I, I would drink like LaCroix and shit before. Like I've tried that and it's like, God, this is fucking disgusting. Mm. This mm. is disgusting. Like how can anybody drink this? Oh, it's got off. And then like I tried it again after I went keto and cut out all the sugar and the carbs and all that. And it's like, oh, there's there actually is some flavor here. It's just you, you don't notice it when you're so overloaded on yeah. sugar and i know that's part of my problem and it's just so hard to break because the other thing is is since i don't drink coffee sometimes nine ten o'clock in the morning i start getting that oh god i feel like crap yeah. i need to do something so hey let me go get a 44 ounce bottle of <laughs> bullshit and here i am big old gulp in one hand steering wheel in the other hey kid what's up you know i mean just i'm i'm, I'm the worst i and i know that's the problem is I'm aware of it. I know how bad this is. Oh, yeah. So that's like you said, I'm depressed because I eat, and I eat because I get depressed because I eat, and it's, yeah. oh, God, that is so true. Oh, it's so true. All right. So <laughs> I, I wanted to ask about, okay. like, you've got the, the Region Radio, you've got your podcast, and your, your podcast is very music heavy. Yes. So Which I'm not sure you can be called a podcast because it is music heavy. I know most podcasts well, it's, are. It's, it, I, I guess uh, uh, a music radio podcast. I guess would be one way to go because, I mean, it's um, you know you you have you you put the breaks in to tell a little bit of history and and stories mm-hmm. behind the music and whatnot, but I I was curious on um, like as far as like I know for the radio like they have to pay whatever music companies to play these songs yes so how does that work in podcasting because I I've always been afraid to to play any music the only time I've ever played any. Uh, any music without talking over it or anything was uh, Zebrahead, and that I I had permission from the band for their from the, their new album uh, that they did on their own. So like they were able to give me permission for yes. it. But so do you have to set it up that if you're going to play all these George Strait songs on this episode, do you have to set it up to where you get the the rights to play it, or um, it, is it because it's you know, like a monetizing thing or I'm still trying to figure that a hundred percent because with region radio, we do have to pay royalties. We pay royalties to BMI ASCAP and CSEC, which are basically the three major markets that allow us to play our music anywhere we want. And that runs us about 2,500 to maybe three grand a year, whatever it comes out to be. That's not bad. It's not bad. Um, but we've got six or seven stations. Now it cost us, on average, it comes out to point zero 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 one seven cents per what they call turn or spin. And the way that that's worked is if nobody is listening, it counts as one because we played it. Even if there's zero listeners, yeah. it counts as one. If I've got 10 listeners, it counts as 11 because it gets spin plus the 10 listeners. So take that hour or that song, I'm sorry, that song times point zero zero one seven. Well, at that point, you can have a song be spun about, I think it's 1.1 million times in a year before you reach that minimum payment. 
So if our stations were to get successful, we would go over that amount. We would have to pay the difference. So with the podcast, because I record them under the region radio name, they told me that that's fine as long as it's played on region radio. Well, now I've got my own website, the DocDanielsCountryShow.com. That's technically not on the region radio network. So I reached out to BMI three weeks ago because I wanted to make sure I was legal with all this. And I said, I want to do a podcast. I'm doing it under the region radio name, but I'm also sharing it to my website. And they said, technically, you should be reaching out to the artist and getting their permission and paying whatever they want you to pay. Well, being that I'm on SoundCloud, and this is where we were talking about a little bit ago about podcasting and stuff because I'm so new to this. Um, I reached out to SoundCloud because my third podcast got pulled. And I said, why did my podcast get pulled? And they said, somebody claimed the rights to something you did. The only people that I can think of that flagged my my thing, because it's the only week that I used either Taylor Swift or George Strait, because like I said, each week is different. That week I had a multitude of different artists. Um, it had to be one of those two artists. Now I asked SoundCloud. I said, okay, I need to reach out to them people because I need to pay them or yeah. whatever. Who is it that... They said, well, we really don't know. And I said, well, what do you mean? They're like, well, it's a company like ABC Media or something like yeah. that that represents those people. And I said, well, I pay you know, the, the BMI, the ASCAP. I can send you the receipts for all that. And they're like, that's not it. It's an actual entity that's blah, 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 something, something. So I honestly, I don't know if I'm doing something wrong. I kind of wonder if maybe I am now, but I don't honestly know. But if my podcast was only played on my Bulldog Country station, which it is every Sunday at 7 p.m. or whatever, that would be covered because it's played on my radio station. But And then I'd have to send in the reports like we do every month because we have to send in reports. Hey, we had this; these songs were played. This is how many listens each had. Here's our report, blah, 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 because they keep track of all that. And then, like I said, if we play more than a million spins or whatever, then we have to pay more money. Um, then we're going to be like, hey, we need to start getting some advertisers because yeah, this stuff yeah. is crazy stupid. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah, so I think technically I'm doing something wrong, but there's only been one podcast that's pulled because apparently SoundCloud has agreements with many of these companies that they are paying the royalties for all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But that one podcast got pulled because somebody claimed it, and, and when I asked them, hey, what do I do, they replied back with, well, we are working with that company to work out the – the rights to play that stuff. So that's kind of why I didn't leave SoundCloud because I noticed like all these other people are on like Stitcher or whatever. And I'm like, uh, I don't know what I should do. So I'm again, I'm so new. If there's anybody that does podcasting and wants to reach out to me and tell me what the hell to do, I'm open to all that. Cause I, yeah, I, we could, we could talk a little bit about that after <clears> the fact, uh, which uh, during the break, we, we definitely uh, talked about a lot of behind the scenes stuff. You're, you're welcome that I cut that out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember what we were talking about. So, uh, uh, what do you what do you think about the uh, the Elijah Craig? I like it. I yeah. was like, oh, this you know, like I said, I'm used to um, Jack Daniels, Jameson, uh, the Crown Royal stuff like that, and I was like, man, he and my brother likes uh, Woodford Reserved, and the one time I had that, I didn't care for that. It, 
It had a really weird taste. No. But maybe it was whatever I was eating or doing that day that it just didn't didn't set right. And I've only had it that one time. I should probably revisit it because, you know, maybe it was. But this is really good. I actually, I, this second glass, I just realized I kind of hammered it a little faster than as, I did that first one. As, <laughs> as, well, that'll, that'll happen. That's kind of how it goes. Uh, that's As much as I say uh, Woodford Reserve is a staple in my cabinet, I actually I think I'm it. out. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, I didn't see it in yeah. there. <laughs> Um, so I guess I'm a big fucking hypocrite, but, um, blame it on your last guest. Yeah. (laughs) So as far as, uh, the, the cigar smoking goes, um, you know, how, how do you feel about, you know, sitting around bullshitting and, and smoking a, smoking an actual cigar? If I wasn't married, I'd probably be doing exactly what we're doing right now. Cause this is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. I, I love it. And I, I definitely think that more, like the more people that try it, uh, yep. They they find that it's not such a uh, uh, a hoity toity type type thing where where you got to be in a suit and all yeah. that shit. Yeah, um, yeah. That's it, it, if you like that. Like I I did bring I, I brought some more out. Oh, okay. uh, In case you do want a second, uh, I've got. I don't want to burn up all your money. I'll be well, honest. I, I, I don't. <laughs> oh no, that, that 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 that's not. That's not like I, I, mean, I eight I, bucks a pop. You you no, had two. I mean, we're at twenty thirty bucks in oh, cigars well, already. This, Shit, that's like a whole day's worth of uh, McDonald's. This, <laughs> this one, <laughs> this this one is uh, right around like twelve or fourteen. Wow. Yeah. So, um, but this 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 is definitely a a, a stronger, more full bodied, uh, it, something to follow up. You okay. know the the previous smoke. Um, See, I, and I don't know, like I said, I've never really done a cigar thing, and my wife hates the smell of it, so I know when I come home tonight, I'm going to have to go, you know, she knows that I'm doing this, I told her, I say, I'm going to a cigar and thing, blah, 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 and she didn't say nothing, so I'm like, all right, maybe she didn't hear me, or maybe she's just not going to say nothing, <laughs> but she doesn't like the smell, like, when I was a kid, I used to love the smell of burning leaves, she mm-hmm. hates that smell, she doesn't like the smell, like, when a tractor goes through and you get that really fresh dirt smell that smells yeah. so cool, she hates that smell, I love the smell of coffee, like the grounds. I yeah. love that. I don't like the taste of the drink, but I love the way it smells. She hates that too. So I've never gotten into this because there's no I chance could, she would ever. Like, yeah, just, just from you saying saying that, like I could I could definitely see you venturing venturing out into uh, the cigar world and and trying a couple of things, and we'll uh, we'll definitely follow up and. You know, experiment a little bit. Okay, uh, yeah, and, because like like coffee notes, uh, earth tones, um, you know, stuff like that. They're they're regular flavors in a cigar, I guess. Like you mentioned, like the 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 burning leaves and the the dirt. <laughs> um, as as crazy as it sounds, like some people like it, some people don't. But like you know, you you'll get a you get a cigar that's heavy in the earth tones, and it's like you know, yeah, kind of kind of tastes like dirt, but not in a bad way. No, you know, yeah, it's, no, yeah, it, okay. It's, it's <laughs> it's uh it, it's weird like you know people say well you know how do you get a leather taste like how do you know what leather tastes like it's like you you smell leather like you know what leather smells like that's that that's the taste that that i'm getting you know now and, i have stuff like that when you were a kid or even when you were younger or even maybe as, as in a grown adult when you've got a boot that's got a leather strap or even your baseball glove i oh yeah everybody's chewed on that freaking least you, you know gotta, what you, leather you, don't fool don't you try gotta, it yeah you, you gotta tighten that strap up. you know what leather tastes and like come on like <laughs> as far as far as dirt and grass goes like if you've ever played football with your friends out in a field you got your you, face shoved yes, down in the dirt yes you know so no. that's that, that's that's where like and it'll it'll trigger memories like yes. that you know yes 
Um, what, what's cool about this, though, and I, I mentioned it to you, I don't think we were recording at the time, is I love the way that the smoke feels as it rolls off my tongue. It's really crazy how that yeah. feels. It's different. It, it is. And, you know, you, you said uh, earlier that you, you were never a, a cigarette smoker either. No. Which I, I was a cigarette smoker in the past. And it's just a it's a completely different experience. Like uh, uh, you you might you might know the name. I don't know, but the, the this one artist once said, uh, uh, "Smoking cigarettes is a habit. Smoking cigars is an event." And uh, that was from uh, Brad Paisley. Oh, okay. So, um, you so being, he's a cigar smoker then. He is. I did not know. And that. I I would fucking die to smoke a cigar with that dude. <laughs> Like, it's like it's like somebody smokes pot wants to be with Willie just you, one time. You know, you know what's funny? Like I, you know, every cigar smoker uh, that does anything like this gets asked, like, who would you want to smoke a cigar with? I didn't and, know that. Like, man, it's like you know the the regular names can you know Arnold, Bill Arnold. <laughs> you you get you get Arnold. You get uh, really? Oh yeah, okay. Ar- Schwarzenegger. I is didn't a know that. Huge, huge cigar smoker. Um, you know Jack Nicholson. Okay. Um, you know all the all the all the big time celebrities like that, uh, but I always forget to mention Brad Paisley because hmm. like I I kind of fell off that I was listening to Brad Paisley for a while. Uh, I I really liked a lot of his albums and you know just fun, energetic, uh, mixed with the the traditional country. Mm-hmm. Which I I'm not gonna lie I was never into like straight traditional country, yeah. like I said, uh, you know, late '90s or I'm sorry, early '90s. Um, you know when when I guess like uh, pop kind of infiltrated country a little bit like started, you know, before it got too bad. You know, like it, like I mentioned earlier, it's a whole other podcast I could yeah, go on, man. <laughs> like, like like I mentioned earlier, like like little Texas, the, yeah. the God bless Texas. Yep. Like. Come on, that 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 was fun. The mm-hmm. video was great for a fucking fourteen-year-old. <laughs> well, yeah, and I, but there was a lot of music like that in the '90s that had a little a little bit of pop influence, but it held its traditional roots. Today, I don't hear that. There's a it's mostly pop, no traditional. Yeah, but just a real quick whole little country thing. The the Grand Ole Opry did not want Chet Atkins back, and I believe it was the '40s when he was with the Carter Sisters because they were afraid he was too pop. Yeah. So this whole pop country thing, it goes way back to the beginning well, no, of country yeah, music. That's something that you mentioned in your George Strait episode. Was maybe I did. I don't. They know. <laughs> they they didn't want to sign George Strait because he had that yes. pop influence. Absolutely. I was thinking like, no, he was too traditional. Like, oh no, George I, Strait was too traditional. I, I thought I thought you said that he had. Uh, that it, too much of the pop influence. If I did, then I misspoke. In the in the early seventies, I think it was, and I was like, wait, there was there was like a pop influence in country in in the early seventies. Well, think about it. In the seventies, you had Sylvia, which was leaning toward disco, yeah. and if you listen to some of Kenny Rogers stuff, he leaned toward pop slightly disco. Uh, Dolly Parton, I love her, but she has some music that swung in that time in the seventies, swung toward the pop influence. Yeah. Country music has always done that, yeah. and that's because my theory is. Nashville needed the money. Whenever Nashville needs the money or wants the money, they swing a little bit of pop and they come back. In the early '90s, you had the Judds who were fairly traditional, but then when I, when Winona went solo, she was heavy pop. Her first album was kind of borderline, but then if you notice, when they set out a song, her songs that didn't do well were 
somewhat more pop influenced, but her number one hits were a little more traditional. So country has always had a pop influence, always. So, like, do you, do you think it's really like Nash? Well, obviously Nashville's pushing an agenda. Yes, well, but, they call it the Nashville Sound. Yeah, but um, shit, I lost my train of thought. Sorry, uh, <laughs> I mentioned the Judds and the pop influence. And, no, okay. Uh, I was gonna say, like, do you think that it's uh, you know Nashville pushing the agenda, or that like the the mass general public? wanted that sound and that's why it did better like not not because not because nashville wanted a pop influence for a little while and then die down but do you think it was more along the lines of like the the general audience like hey this this sounds cool this is something new let's go with this and then nashville kind of called it down i would go 75 25 75 nashville 25 people because if it was more the people that wanted that sound country music would have went on a steady incline of constant pop, you know, being into the music. But that's not what happens. When you had Chet Atkins, it was, ooh, his guitar playing is a little bit pop. We don't want him, we don't want him, we don't want him, and then, okay, we'll let him in. And, okay, so there was this, like, swing a little bit. It influenced country music, but then country music would always go back traditional. Same thing happened in the 90s. When you had that pop influence, it went real heavy. But if that was the case, Chris Gaines or Garth Brooks would have been huge. (laughs) But it flopped because traditional. Country people that want country music don't want the pop music, but Nashville keeps pushing that influence because so, that's where the money is. Think of Taylor Swift; she went pop because that's where the money is. If yeah. she would have stayed country, she wouldn't be the superstar she is today. Yeah. She might be a big country artist, but she wouldn't be the, the huge worldwide pop star she yeah. is. Yeah, but that's um, that 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 makes me think of Evanescence. Uh, Evanescence Evan Evans was the uh, um, like I don't know. Late nineties, yeah, kind of, kind of goth. They had that chick. one, maybe yeah, two big like, songs. I, that's um, the only ones I know by them. So. But they, well, that's, but they, they started off on a Christian label. No, yeah, they they got signed by a Christian label, and then they went goth. Really, or like whatever, whatever the 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 proper title for Emo, their music. Whatever, yeah. I got you. So it's like, oh, so all right, that's a that's a way to go about huh. it, I guess. You know, get. Get get backed by, by your lane, and then Swim venture pop. out. Yeah, but or, so so. How do you feel about new country music today? Uh, most of it, I don't like it, and that's because it went too far off the rails. There is so many songs right now that when you hear it on country radio, it is all auto tune bass it's all produced there's no and i'm not going to sit here and tell you that country music has to have a violin a banjo and a steel guitar i'm n- no because yeah. that's not exactly what country is it's not you know some people say three chords in the truth not all country music can be labeled into one box because country music really its roots are the blues because in the 20s and 30s when you started with the carter sisters and jimmy rogers and people like that Jimmy Rogers was influenced by the uh, railroad and the the gang, the chain gang or railroad gang, or whatever they were called. I can't remember the name of it. It's on one of my podcasts. But he would work in the railroad, and he listened to those guys that were working on the railroad. Well, the railroad was based. I was how I want to say this. Culturally, it was based on where they were from. If you worked on the railroad in Pennsylvania, you were mostly Irish or. In European immigrant, Dutch. If you, yeah, if you were in the South, you were probably an exiled slave, a freed slave, or 
just a really poor black person that didn't have anything. So you worked the railroad there. If you were in the West, you were Chinese. So it's not one type of person. But Jimmy Rogers was influenced in the South by the by the the black people singing on the railroads. Yeah. So a lot of his music is that black Christian gospel. And then also in the South, if you go a little toward Louisiana, you had the Delta Blues sound that was also at the same time. So you mix that with what he did, and it was what people call, he's literally named the father of country music. Shortly after him, you had uh, Hank Williams Sr. And then you had Chet Atkins, and you had, oh gosh, if I can remember the name of the band. Um the it was the it would be the Carter family because it wasn't the the original two sisters but it was the the daughters they did a lot of western swing well your western swing was influenced by the black jazz music that was from Louisiana so yeah long story short country music has always evolved and went back evolved and went back so I love country music all the way back from Jimmy Rogers. Even through the 90s, I like some of these, what you, a lot of people nowadays, oh, that's not real country, that's pop yeah. country. But it's still, in the 90s, when you listen to Garth Brooks, there was a steel guitar, there was a fiddle, there was a banjo, there was all these traditional country instruments being used with a flavor of pop music. I'm okay with that, but there's a lot of music now, and most of it is female artists, that are strictly pop sounding i mean when you listen to them it's like this almost has like a hip-hop bass line in it it's it's not country music in, in any traditional sense whatsoever but they throw it i mean come on little nas with his old town road or whatever that is called they had that on the country stations for a while and then they pulled it because enough people complained now nashville's like okay well we reached our border let's pull back they pulled it all off and they threw billy ray cyrus on there okay he's a country name <laughs> and but see that's what nashville did is they're always pushing those buttons yeah if you want traditional country music you can still find it but you got to go to texas now i'm going to go ahead and <laughs> say uh i've actually I, I don't think i've ever heard old town road in its entirety I haven't either, and I try hard, hard I, not to. I, I was I was going to say, like, I think I'm one of the only people, like, not because I don't want to. I just never thought to go and listen to it. Um, uh, I I didn't even know it was Little Nas X uh, that that sang it until uh, supposedly he came out as gay. And Whoa! I didn't know that. It, I I don't know. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I just know that the Grammys had him and all the other people named blah, blah, blah. They, but uh, I, I know there was a big to-do about it in the news. Uh, I'll be darn. I'll and have to look that up. Let's see. Lil Nas X. Gay. But there's other there's other songs, too. Like, uh, there's that Maureen Morris, Bones. Bones is an okay song. I, I don't mind the song so much. And I'm not going to say I hate the pop country. I kind of do. My problem with the country music that they've got out there right now is if it's not country, call it what it is. If you want to label it pop country, okay, at least give me that. But call it what it is. If it's not country, give it a different label because it's just not country. So and, so when it comes to that, uh, like, like rock. Okay. Like uh, – Rock in the 70s was just rock and roll, mm -hmm. but now it's classic rock. Mm -hmm. So now anybody who comes out now with a classic rock sound, are they labeled as rock? Southern or rock. Or are they la <laughs> labeled as classic rock? 
technically the real definition of classic rock, if I can remember, this was Tom Lounges and Don Clark both had to school me on this. Real classic rock is from the year 1964 to 1969, I think. Any rock music that really? came out, That's yeah, short. it actually it actually has a a so, an so actual the, name. So the loop and the drive are just full of shit. Well, but back in the day, <laughs> they played that eight, six, seven years. Yeah. That's what they did. Well, yeah. of course, any over time, people want to throw anything that's not new into two categories. It's either classic rock. Or country. And I'm sorry, I'm going to piss off 90% of your audience and they're going to throw their phone at the windshield or whatever they're sitting. All six of them. (laughs) Elvis Presley is not country. No. But so many people, when you hear, oh, oh, Elvis Presley gets played on country stations. Really? Like, oh my God. I never never would have thought that because I, I mean, all right, so we'll. We'll we'll go ahead and just for shits and giggles, you know, he was he was the king of rock and Thank roll. Thank you. So what? why why would you consider him country? Now I I know we both know, and we're not going to get into it, and we we go into it in in pretty good detail in my Daryl Davis podcast. Okay, but uh, you know Elvis, you know, call him the king of rock and roll all you want. He got his influence is definitely not white boy no shit. it's blues like it's 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 blues it's you know it it's not white boy shit and i think you today know. it's okay to say that but back then if you would have said that to somebody you know, elvis isn't isn't rock he's he's rock blues or something like well, that. that's back that's, then everybody was racist i mean it was still the jim crow laws so, didn't go into effect till 65 so that's the way people were that's the way they thought they'd kill you if you said something so like that. i i've talked to daryl davis a couple of times on my episode or on my show uh and I'm I'm so fucking excited. He was on Joe Rogan and he got to he got to talk on Joe Rogan because he's, you know, he's civil rights. Okay. He's an amazing dude to talk to. Uh one thing that they did not talk about on Rogan uh was a lot of his music stuff. And uh hopefully Rogan has him back and they talk about the music. Um but like, you know, we talk about uh, one of one of his bigger stories that he talks about is the first Klansman that he meets in a bar after he plays a show Ooh. says, I've never seen a black man play piano like that before. You know, like Jerry Lee Lewis. Okay. And he says, you know, what what are you talking about? You never seen a black man playing piano like that. He's like, oh, Jerry Lee Lewis invented that style of music. He said, oh, hold on, hold on. No, people, white people were so ignorant back yeah. then because they were in this little box. Of, yeah, we are this, 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 this. Anything outside of that is 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 but, bad or evil. But he meant, he's like, no, that that's that's Ch- you know Chuck Berry. Yeah, and he said, no, no, no Negro could play the piano like that. And it's like. Oh, hold on. And he ended up becoming friends with this guy. Really? Which which leads into Daryl Davis's future and like his his amazing experiences. Like uh have you ever heard of him or no? I've heard the name, but I don't know his music. So uh Daryl Davis is a man who has befriended and directly and or indirectly gotten over two hundred members of the KKK to leave. That's amazing. Yeah. He's he's a fascinating dude. I I love talking to him. Like I said, I, I've talked to him twice on this show, and uh, I was working midnights uh, last week or the week before, and I woke up and I had 
five or six messages from friends and whatnot, like, hey, did you see who's on Rogan today? <laughs> it's like, you know, go and I look, and it's like, holy shit, Daryl's on fucking wow. Rogan. That's fucking amazing. Like, because, like, I, I, I talked to uh, my buddy Delvin, Delvin Cox, um, Delvin Cox Experience. Like, uh, you know, I, I was on his show and I talked about it. It's like, you know, I, I don't give a shit if anybody knows who I am or the Herfcast is. Like, yeah. I want people to know Daryl Davis. Like, his story needs to be heard. People need to hear that side of it instead of all the negative bullshit that happens. You know, and, and hear what could happen if you sit down and have a conversation with somebody. You know, instead of just right off the bat, oh, you're red? Fuck you. Yeah. Oh, you're blue. Well, fuck you too. You know, um, but if you sit down and actually talk to people, you'll find out that you have so much more in common. You got to be open-minded. Then, then, then you have different. You know, um, so sorry, I I, I kind of went off there. Yeah, no, but it's <laughs> as far you, you mentioned Elvis, and you know, we were talking music history and all that shit. I I had to bring it up. So, but, but it, all, it all ties in because. Like I said, Elvis isn't country. Um, there's so many artists in this. The 70s was probably one of the biggest pop booms, maybe other than the 90s, for country music. And it all, like I said, it goes up and it comes back. It goes up and it comes back. But right now, since about 2005, there's two types of music on country radio. There's country pop and there's country that's got it. A little bit of the traditional sound, yeah. And I'm okay with evolution. I'm not saying that country music should have stayed Hank Williams Senior. That's stupid to think that yeah. way. Music is supposed to evolve. It's supposed to do things. So I'm okay with a little bit of a pop influence in my country. But my thing is, is when I turn on a country station, I tuned into that station because I want to hear that kind of music. I don't tune into Indiana 105 or whatever the country station to hear Little Nas or Carrie Underwood's newest pop sound song because Carrie Underwood's another one. She started out fairly somewhat traditional country with the pop influence, and now a lot of her songs either are somewhat country or they're pop. There's no, yeah. she kind of really good, and I just wish they would label it what it is. That's all. I just when I tune into a country station, I want your country. When I tune into a rock station, I want to hear rock, I don't want to hear pop rock or whatever. And that's what our guy Tony Ortega he's really trying to switch that up with his station he's trying to play 90s rock 80s rock he doesn't play the 90s pop rock or i don't even know which what you would call because i'm not a rock guy so i I'm, I'm talking out my ass now but there's welcome to my world <laughs> well he there's artists like he he just put a thing on on his facebook a couple weeks ago maybe it was a week ago about the top 50 rock songs of the last year or last decade or whatever and some of these like rock songs, like Dave Matthews Band, would you consider him rock? No, not at all. But he falls into that. How does he fall? How does he get in the That's... top rock songs? You know, I'm, like I said, I'm not. I like Dave Matthews. I have no problem with it. But call it what it is, because when I tune into that type of music, I want to hear that type of music. But what what would you like? Would would jam be a genre? I, why not? Let's well, let's create that, it. Yeah, I, I don't it, know what you call it. I, I was I was just about to ask what genre you would call it, and then jam came to mind. So I I guess that's that's, that's fitting not a because bad. There, are, there are jam bands, the jam genre. I mean, people more you know, qualified great, than us could probably come up with the correct terminology for you know, it. But, great Grateful Dead, Fish, yep. uh, Dave Matthews. Um, you know, yeah, I that's all jam plays. Even jam a lot of your stuff. classic rock sounding bands in the in the area, like uh, 
um, the Highway Band. I mean, they're a classic rock-sounding band, but they're kind of a jam band, kind of like in Allman Brothers. I mean, Allman Brothers, of course, is classic rock, but they're not a southern rock or a hard rock. They're kind of that in-between. And I think it's okay to have categories. I think it's okay to expand those that was, categories. That was your uh, your last episode, right? Not the, the episode before George Strait? I don't remember. Alabama? Oh, that was Alabama. That was, But that was all... <laughs> Alla-frickin'-bama? Yeah, Al, well, because we called it Alla-frickin'-bama because Trace Atkins had a song in there because the football team won, and he released a song three weeks later to capitalize on it. So, but we <laughs> now, called it... Now, see, that that definitely seems like a country trend. It, they do, but they, that's the Nashville machine. Yeah. The Texas artists, the, that's the West artists, they don't do that stuff. Right after, right after 9-11... Oh, you know, you, you God, have yes. the you have the boom in patriotic country country songs. The problem and with the patriotic stuff is because country music is always about I don't want to say real life because all music's driven from some real life experience. But you're country, not going to get much more real than the blues. No, and but the, you again, know, country came exactly, from the blues exactly. And so did a lot of your rock. I mean, if you think about it, a lot of our music goes Led back Zeppelin. To, a lot of our music goes back. Oh God, you had well, they got sued for some of the stuff they <laughs> exactly. did. Exactly, but um, then why don't we call everything blues? If it all derived from the blues, why don't we all call it the blues? Because they kind of went a different way and they got named a new category. I think today that and country music is the one that is is screwed by. In the '90s, they had grunge rock and they had alternative rock and they had classic rock and they had acid rock and they had hair metal and they've got. Several genres. Why does country music not have? What do they got? Country and bluegrass. Western. Give us some more. Give us some more <laughs> freaking titles. Give us some more avenues to go on. Well, give us. You know, is, is that the industry, or is it just that nobody's taking the initiative to create those stations? I keep asking myself the same thing, and I ask people that on Facebook, and everybody am gets I, mad at me and calls I, me white privilege because I don't know what I'm talking am about. I, am I giving you that ounce? <laughs> I've actually been thinking about this for a long time, and I just talked to uh, Sandy, the uh, that does the 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 vet station. Uh, Mike's, well, I don't know if they're married or not, but uh, girlfriend, wife, whatever, um, partner. I guess we'll call it that. I, I guess I should find out what they really are before I start classifying them as something. But um, I just talked to her the other day because I'm like, you know, I want to sit down and write an article with you, but I'm afraid it might turn into a book. On what we're talking about right now, the the country music and where it's going and what it is. But the other thing that I wanted to talk about is there's a big push right now about females in country music. Did you know that only 20% of country artists are female? No. 20% of the country artists are female. Only, I think it was... 12 or 8% of the writers of country music are female. So, and I'm all for equal this and this and this and this and everything else. But if only 20% of your artists are considered country, why should they get 50% of the airtime? Because by doing that, you are going to screw a lot of people that are in that 80%. Now, of course, now we're talking about genders. We're talking about just two, male, female, whatever. But I don't think that women should have 50% of the listening airtime when they only make up 20% of but, that genre. And I'm not saying they should only get 20% of the airtime. So when it comes to that, like is 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 that 20% 50% more popular than everything else? I don't think so because when you listen to the radio stations, you hear like three women over and over and over. I think if you listen to any radio station, 
you're hearing the same artist over and over and over. Yes and no. Yeah. That's I now now this is coming from someone who doesn't listen to the radio anymore. <laughs> I still so do. Really bit. fucking ignorant here. Um, I'm sure people tell me say I'm sitting out there going, "This guy's a dumbass." I mean, we're we're we're. I mean, we're both uh, podcast heavy entertainment, uh, you know, consumers. So my knowledge on today's radio is pretty fucking lacking. But going back from what I remember, um. And when I do turn on the radio on occasion now, it's like, oh, uh, all right, now I've got 21 pilots uh, and then something from the mid-90s, then something else, then another 21 pilots, then mid-90s, something else, 21 pilots, you know. And I fucking hate, hate it. 21 pilots. Like, it, it, they, they fucking suck. I, I, I'm okay I, with I, some of their songs, I, but... I, but that's the thing. Like I, I listen to the radio now, and I know, like, well, I guess I'm old, because now I think all of today's music sucks, with the exception of the rarity that comes through and catches my ear, and it's like, oh, wait, who, who is this? Well, see, and and that's part of what Region Radio does, and I'm not to keep bringing that up, but we try to play everybody. It doesn't matter your male, female, whatever. If you've got decent music, we want to play it. But when we're kind of circling back to the country music thing, and I'm not saying only 20% of the music out there should be female. I think they should stop playing the same 40 songs over and exactly. over and broaden it a little bit. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Maybe there should be other categories well, when it comes to country music so you can be exposed to these newer artists. And if that's the case, maybe more women would get into country well, that's, music. Well, that's, that's why I asked, is it is it a like that? does that 20% make up 50% of... The hits, you know. No. Well, um, hmm. I, it, I have to do research on that. Is it 50% better than what else is on the radio? Yeah, I, I'd have to look into that. Because I know that the female artist, again, if you listen to their music, and I hate, I know people are going to hate me saying this, the women tend to always go pop. Even yeah. if it's Dolly Parton, who country fans love, if you're honest with yourself and you listen to their music, it swings pop. But yeah. women tend to be a little more carefree, a little less, I don't want to say, in, in, a, in a set lane, in a set way. In a, in, men think more of a logic, here's the problem, here's the solution. Women don't think that way. So their music is, I don't want to say better, but their music does branch out in many different ways. Yeah. I love Miranda Lambert. Her early stuff was a little bit more traditional. Who knew her stuff? I don't even know what you would call it because it's not really pop, but it's different. It's kind of like Dave Matthews isn't really rock, but it's something different. Some of Lambert's new stuff is different. I don't know if I'd really call it. It's kind of country. It's not really rock. It's different. We need categories So that's all I'm saying. So where do we – so categories is a good answer to my question now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, like, where, where do we – where do we draw the line between evolution and genre? See, I don't want to draw a line. That's, I guess that's really what I'm saying is I don't want to draw lines. I want categories for everybody. I want, if this, if you, see, we, okay, we almost started a station called, well, my buddy Lee was going to start it. I don't remember what he was going to call it, but we, it was going to be Dave Matthews Band. It was going to be the Grateful Dead. It was going to be Chester Brown. It was going to kind of be that, 
what everything else isn't. I and mean, you never hear those artists either. I mean, maybe Dave Matthews, but you don't hear these jam band, I don't want to call them hippie or pot smoking, but they there's a category for that. Yeah. And I don't know what you would call it, but there and maybe there is a category, and I'm just too ignorant to know what that is because it's not really my style of music per se. But if I was in that mood, why couldn't I listen to that? And I think that's where radio is screwing up right now. They're screwing up in two ways. One, they aren't local. None of these radio stations, even the local uh, stations like Indiana everything 105. Everything is a national channel. Even the local stuff like Indiana 105. They're not national, but they don't reach out to the they don't reach out to their audience. When's the last time you saw Indiana 105 put on a small festival or a concert or even a one night show with three artists? They don't reach out to their audience. I gotta honestly say never. No, they and, don't. And that's just because I don't listen. <laughs> But no local radio station does it anymore. Yeah. Back in the day, no. Now, like they the, used to do the, that. the most, the most local you get is the national tour is sponsored by the local radio station, and that's all they did was threw some money at it. They're not yeah. actually involved. Yeah, exactly. They it, it's advertising. Yep, that's um, all it is. But, so that's problem number one. They're not local. Problem number two. There's only really two groups or companies or whatever that control all of the music that gets played through most of the country. Your Clear Channel, which I think is now iHeart. And I can't remember the name of the other one, but if you go, like I drive around because of the semi, if you drive around the country, you're going to hear the same music on every single station because iHeartRadio says, here's our top 40, here's what you play, and every single radio station plays the same damn thing. You're going to hear the same contest going on on a different radio station with possibly the same call Call channel, whatever, like ninety five five or ninety nine five is going to be country through half half the U.S. No, you'll they're they're separate that way. See, that's where they mask it, and that's where they they trick people because if you leave that FM band, you'll pick up another station. Now it won't be playing like if you listen to India ninety nine five here or I don't know ninety two two in Minnesota. They're not playing the exact same songs at the exact same the exact same time. They all have their own somewhat mix. But what I'm saying is iHeartRadio has given them their playlist. You play these songs. You can play them however you want, make it sound cool, whatever, but these are the songs you're going to play. Yeah. So when I listen to the station here in town, I I guarantee you in an hour I can write down four songs and they will play those songs some point in that hour. If I go to Minnesota, they may not play at the exact same time, but they're going to play those same four songs in yeah. that hour. And that's crazy. So what we try to do with Region Radio is, yes, we have genres, but we want to try to play stuff that maybe you don't hear. Now, maybe the world isn't ready for that. Maybe they're like, I want to hear what I like and what I know I'm going to like. And, and people have just been fed because sometimes when they hear new stuff, they're like, this sucks. Well, it's because you've never heard it before. But how do you get a favorite band until you've at least heard them yeah. at some point? So where do you think that that, uh, that bridges from traditional radio to Pandora to Internet radio? Like it, it seems like pan, like in my experience, Pandora does a hell of a job with the algorithms. All yes. right, so you click like on these ten songs. We're gonna throw these five at you, and at least three out of five. Yes, I'll enjoy. Yes, and that and that is the million dollar question. And that when I started thinking about doing internet radio a couple years ago. That's the one thing everybody told me. Half the people tell me, well, why am I going to listen to that when it's mostly local artists or songs that I don't like? I'm like, well, how do you know you don't like them? Well, 
I've never heard them. Well, that's why you don't know if you don't <laughs> see. And, and that concept, that would anger me so badly. Yeah. But then the other side of the people were like, oh, that's cool. You're supporting local music. You're doing this. You're doing that. Tune in. And they're like, oh, I'm not going to because I've got XM radio because it's different and than the FM stuff. They don't want FM radio. You know, Neither of these parties really care for FM radio. They wanted something different. But we weren't what they wanted. And I said, well, how do you know? Well, because I've already got this. That's... And they weren't willing to try something new. And that's why I said, you've got to be open-minded. And I need more categories. Because that's what Pandora does. You technically created your own category by thumbing up or thumbing down whatever it is you heard or you didn't like. But yeah. you're likely to hear a song, hey, I've never heard that before. And you are in the, hey, I like this, I like this, I like this. Oh, what is this? And you give it a chance because you're in... I don't want to say in that rut, but you're, you, they've got a hold of you already. You're, you're in the middle of your run, and you can't change a track. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Right. So then you end up, oh, hey, I, I like that song. Oh, I heard that before. I kind of like, you know, so that's kind of what we're trying to do with Region Radio. We throw out some stuff like that. We do play. You know, like if you turned into the rock station, you're going to hear all, you're going to hear all the rock stuff. You're going to hear, God, I don't even know. Okay, let me just use my station because I know my music better. Um, you're going to hear Garth Brooks. You're going to hear Hank Williams Jr. You're going you're gonna to hear songs you know, songs you love. The, the, and I don't just play the top 40. I'll go a little bit deeper and play some deep tracks. Tom Lounges really stretches into the deep tracks with his station that he uh, does from the record bin in Hoburg. He broadcasts live from his store. He does that. And if people walk in the store and go, hey, I want to hear XYZ, he just walks over the computer, puts in the request right away, boom, and people can hear it. Whatever. And in next week with the app, um, a feature that we're going to have is you're going to be able to take and make requests. So we are kind of taking both worlds and we're mixing them because you're going to be able to make a request when you want. But you're also going to hear songs that you know that you like. But we're also going to throw local artists at you. We're going to throw deep cuts at you that you may never have heard or that you forgot about. And hopefully by blending all that together... We started something that nobody else is doing because there is no, I mean, there's internet radio. I'm not saying that. We didn't pioneer that, but we're pioneering this new idea of mixing all this stuff together and presenting it to you in a different way so yeah. that you might like some of the stuff yeah. that we throw at you, if that makes any sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard I, to explain something get that nobody knows about, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah. And that's kind of why, you know, we're doing that festival that we're doing. And we're going to have 12 different bands over those two days. And it's going to be a mix. You might hear a country artist. Well, for example, Friday night, I've already confirmed that there is a kids band out of Lowell that's very popular called Steel Remedy. They're they're starting off the show. They're starting the first Friday night. Now, when you say kids band, like they're kids or 18, they're, they're high school students or they're tailored towards kids. They no, they play. Let me say it this way because I don't see. Wanna, I I've, they have I've a got, classic rock sound. I, I, I've got a I got a four year old, so I hear kids band. <laughs> I was like, all right, are they going to be doing the like the best hits at Paw Patrol, or <laughs> no, no, are they going to be doing, you know, no, they're they're just eighteen year kids. They do have a classic rock sound. They do some covers. I think they have some originals. Um, I haven't heard them personally, but I've heard a lot of people rave about them. So we're going to have them. Um, and then after that, we've got uh, a guy. I think he's going to be next. We don't have the exact lineup, but on Friday night we have a guy named Jared Bolt who just did a show at the Hobart Art Theater. Had almost 100 people there and i hear that this guy is amazing but he mixes things up a little bit like he does i think it's uh not creed um he does a bob seger cover and he does a, another rock cover but gives it a little bit of a country twist so he does that but he's mostly country and he's got some originals as well so that band will be cool because you're going to hear songs you're like oh i like this song oh i like their twist on it their cover whatever and then you're going to hear his originals and then hopefully that same night, and I haven't crossed my fingers, we're in talks with the guy, uh, Mojo Morganfield, who is Muddy Water's son. 
he's going to be our headliner for that night. Then on Saturday, we're going to have uh, a country artist named Jerrica Paliga, who is all over Northwest Indiana. Um, she's a country girl, but we also are looking to get Brothers and Wine to be our headliner that night. And they do classic rock, early 90s kind of stuff like that from the website I went to. I don't know much about them, but from what I heard so far. And we've got a guy, uh, well, like I told you, Frank Rivoli. Um, he normally does acoustic, but he does a Dave Matthews Band experience with a buddy of his. They do this duo, and they do covers by Dave Matthews Band. So we're hoping to have that. So, I mean, we've got Dave Matthews. We've got country. We've got classic rock. Uh, we've got a band from North Jetson called Seldom Told. They do a little bit more of the 90s kind of rock. They're a little bit harder. I don't know if they do an Evanescence tune. She, uh, They have a female front front singer. So we, we really just mix it all up and say hey here's a bunch of everything we don't have a name for it we just call it region stock because no. we do bring everything and that's no. what we want to do and like i said i know people when i first started talking they're like my this guy just wants to pigeonhole everything no i just wanted to have an avenue i mean i'm not saying that this song can't fit three genres yeah but when i turn on country music i want to hear country music if i want to hear country pop why can't we have country pop i'm okay yeah. with that i may tune into it i may not but let's have that option yeah which I, I'm sure you you could probably like on Spotify and Pandora you could probably find a country pop station, but as far as radio goes, uh, oh, it it doesn't seem like having all the subgenres would be very lucrative for them or for us. You mean is it traditional for, radio having just that? just for for traditional radio on an FM dial? I don't think there's enough. I don't think there's enough stations to fit. If we decided to go subgenre, 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 I'm not saying FM radio is going to die because it's always. I think it's always going it, to be there. It, it'll always but be there. FM radio needs to grow. They it need does. to do something because these platforms <laughs> like Pandora and Spotify, which I hate mentioning them because they're like our biggest competitor. It's not what we do, but they are what people turn to. Well, you've you've got that. You've got satellite radio. You've got all all kinds of shit. Why should FM radio stay stuck in the what do you want to call it, 40s, 50s, doing yeah. the same thing they've done for 100 years when the rest of the world around them is evolving. They have to be open-minded to change, which has kind of been but what I've been all the time. <laughs> but is is there room to change? That's the question. If they don't, what's going to happen? Uh, there's not going to be any uh, pop country radio stations. It's just going to well, be no, country I'm just with saying, everything. I'm just saying FM may have a much, much, much smaller listenership. And oh, I don't, for sure. And money-wise, they does. don't want to do that. Well, I, think, I think it already does, but I mean, hell, hell you think about it, uh, the phone book is still around. Uh, advertising and phone books. I haven't seen a phone book in a long time. That's I, I still get them. But, really? Uh, that's, I, I looked it up last year or the year before, but advertising revenue for the phone book is still like in the billions. Really? Yeah. I was just going to say, I wonder how much their money has yeah, dropped. Yeah, it's, it's still... Well, I mean, iHeart just laid off or fired, what was it, 50,000 DJs or whatever they did? Oh, yeah. This was just two, three weeks ago. Why did they do that? Is it a money issue? Are they changing something? I don't know what iHeartRadio is doing. They're number one for podcasting. It's like hearing that all the time. <laughs> but everybody keeps claiming number one for podcasting. But So, I mean, at least iHeartRadio is a little bit open to something because what radio station is going to promote we're number one in podcasting? Yeah. Nothing that I know of. Well, that's but that sounds like a great advertising they need, tool. They need to change, or their revenue is going to go down. And yeah. maybe that's what happened. Maybe they're feeling that pinch of, hey, podcasting has grown... 360% in the last two years, 
let's jump on that boat. Hey, the Pandora's got this, this, this. Let's jump on that boat. I mean, in 99.5 was a, is an iHeartRadio station. Yeah. And on Sunday nights, they had a thing called the Backyard Whatever, and they played nothing but local country artists. And I thought, wow, how convenient. Yeah. We've been doing it for two years. Now they've got this show. Well, now they don't do it anymore because they fired that DJ. But I think they're trying to figure out where they need to be or so, where they need to go. As far as local music goes and the local scene, um, how 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 is that market like? Not I guess I guess specifically in this area. But do you have a do you have a finger on the pulse as a as a whole? How how local music is is doing in just neighborhoods, or is it just? Do you think it's you know, anybody could be a local artist on the internet. Well, I mean, anybody could be a local artist on the internet. I mean, this girl uh, just won four Grammys. Uh, what's her name? Billie Eilish. She started on SoundCloud as, like, she had this, like, crying eyes or ocean eyes or some really sappy, slow, whispery kind of song, and she got noticed from that, and now, boom, she's everywhere. So any local artist could go about becoming big if they wanted to. So, but as far as the music scene itself... I heard, and this, that's why I reached out to you is because I heard you and Keegan say, oh, there's not really much of a music scene. As far as the scene itself, that might be true compared to what it was 15 years ago. But there are a lot of really good local artists out there that you never hear because nobody either wants to pay a $5 cover or nobody wants to go see a live band anymore because they're listening to their Spotify, their Pandora, their XM radio, or whatever. Or another thing that gets talked about in the music community is. Is it hard to have a local music scene when there's a cop sitting on every street corner and when you leave the bar, you're getting pulled over? For, yeah. So that that kills the the chance for you to go to the bar and yeah. see the local band. So when Tom Lounge's, well, in the Star Plaza, when the Star Plaza went down and Tom Lounge's didn't have that avenue anymore, there were no more. Remember, he used to do the Royal, the Royal Rumbles or whatever they were at the Star Plaza every year. Um, he would have shows there all the time. Now it's much harder for a local band to have any type of show if somebody doesn't put it on yeah and it's hard it, revenue i mean alone like i said our festival we did last year had a twelve thousand dollar budget now it was a four-day festival we had 22 bands or whatever it was it was a big deal but a local band that goes out to the bar and gets what two three four maybe 500 bucks maybe a thousand if you're really really good yeah how are they going to put on any kind of show like that when they're gigging every single night if they're doing it for a living they don't have the time to do that yeah and if Tom Lounges doesn't do what he used to do, if there's nobody like him out there doing it, who's keeping the music scene going? And that's kind of where Region Radio came in. We said, let's start with the radio station. Let's play them. Let's, we built the app. We built, we're going to rebuild our website because the website sucks, but we, we're, we're trying our best to get local music out there. Every Sunday, Tom Lounges' record bin in Hobart does a free show. He grabs a local artist, they come in, and they do a two-hour show in his store. He gets 20, 30, 40 people to come in and listen to that artist. The first of every month, he does an open mic. And I am a huge, huge proponent of open mics and jam nights. I think those are the best things you can yeah. do. Because usually they're free to go in. You don't have to pay a cover. You can have multiple acts come in. If you don't like this guy, wait 15 minutes. It'll change. Yeah. It's like the weather around here. Yeah. You know, and so those are really good for people to go to to get exposed to new artists. And it's really great for those artists because they can network. And it was kind of like what Keenan was saying or Keegan was saying with his comedy guys. He goes to these open mics. He does his comedy. He networks with other people. And boom, 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 boom. So we were 
trying to do something like that. And the Hobart Art Theater is doing a really good job of having artists come in and having local artists play with them, which is really cool. That's good because I, I noticed uh, like Kay Francis Norris has been yes. putting on the uh, comedy shows, like bringing in actual like big names to Hobart. Like who the fuck comes to Hobart? And he's got Tim Meadows, Gilbert Gottfried, uh, a couple others coming in that it's like, holy shit. You know, he's he's actually putting putting Hobart on the map as an entertainment area. Um, and I give him a lot of credit. Uh, he's, you know, uh, some people might not like his style, but he's, he's doing a lot for the comedy scene and the entertainment scene in Northwest Indiana. Yeah, and the music scene in general, because other than maybe the room in Highland and the Hobart Art Theater, once the Star Plaza went down, where can you go see bands i mean the midway ballroom in cedar lake that used to sit out over the water it's gone point east gone all these clubs that used to be music intensive and that was the place to go they're all gone so a lot of people in our circle have said man if there was just a place that you could seat maybe a thousand people that didn't cost a fortune to put on a show like hobart art theater it's not expensive to put a show on there There, there's a place like that that if people weren't too afraid to go and people weren't too afraid to book it but they're gonna be in gary isn't it they (laughs) i don't know what you're talking about they they have the genesis theater in gary and like i that's it's where uh was it the is it the Steelheads play basketball? Oh, right there, just across down the street, like yeah, half a mile from the Railcats yeah, stadium. I love yeah, going to the Railcats. Because you, you have the Railcats and you have the Steelheads. I keep telling people that all the time. Don't be afraid to go there. It's not what you think. Yeah, exactly. That's I, I, I worked on an ambulance for, for six years. Okay. Uh, wow, you mo- had a lot of jobs, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind most of like me. <laughs> of, mo- Most of my time was spent in Gary and the harbor in East Chicago. And, you know, yeah, it could be rough, but it's not. It's not bang bang shoot them up. No, like like everybody portrays no. it to be. Like the, no. you, you, you out, have you have good people there. If you're out there at two o'clock in the morning, what are you doing out there anyway? I mean, it's it's really. I mean, like I said, I've gone to so many Railcat games, and there's so much going on out there. They've cleaned up the area. They've destroyed a bunch of the the buildings that that you know were needed were abandoned or whatever. I mean, it's. I think Gary's doing a pretty decent job of cleaning things up. It's just nobody knows it because nobody wants to go there because, like you said, they this fear that they had of what it was 10 15 years ago yeah it's not like that anymore yeah well i mean you know there's it's parts, not valpo but there's, it's, yeah. <laughs> there's there's parts but it's not it's not the whole place and exactly. that's as soon as anybody hears gary you know that it, it has that stigma that oh well fuck you know i i, yeah. I don't want to be anywhere near it's like look i i live i live five minutes from you know the the shit of gary but it doesn't it doesn't bleed over over here and the shit of Gary is a lot smaller area than than people tend to think. Yeah, it's, it's I not, agree. It's not the whole city. And I'll tell you what, man. Like when I when I was on the ambulance going through that town all the time, like there there are some beautiful homes, and mm-hmm. like you get to like the what was the downtown area, like the architecture in there. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's some really nice buildings over there, and it's a shame that it's all dilapidated. But hopefully, it's coming back. You know, but well, even the university has done a really good job of cleaning that area up. Yeah, I mean, Indiana went or Indiana Indiana University went through and bought out like two neighborhoods, built a parking garage and some other schools and some other buildings and things like that. There, I, 
I just people just need to be open minded, man. It's really what it comes down to. They they just they're so the way it was 15 years ago. I mean, I I don't want to say I can't blame them. I mean, when Gary for what two or three years straight was the murder capital of the world. Yeah, that's that's some scary shit. But nobody's been there to see what they've done to the place. Exactly. So, so. but I, I agree. Yeah, I just I mean the Star Plaza, like I said, it, it fit a couple thousand. It had ballrooms. It had banquet rooms. There was a lot of stuff you could do there. But it's gone. So now, what do you? Where do you put on a show? I mean, you, yeah. go, to, you go to the bar and you watch a, a band play, a five dollar cover, and then you get, either got to find a way to get a ride home, which is becoming easier now that we've got like Uber, Uber and things and like Lyft that, and all yeah. that. Like, which I mean, in all reality, like, uh, yeah, you should be more responsible when you think about. Right, I'm going to go to the bar to check these people out. I agree. If I'm going to drink, I sh- I should have a plan. Yeah. Um, but it's still not. Uh, people are still. A little too confident in themselves, you know. <laughs> I guess true. I'll say that. Which I definitely went through that period. Um, you know, I, honestly, I've got two under my belt. Uh, that that it's been a long really? time. It's been a long. It's uh, let's see. My last one was right after my divorce. Um, six years ago now. So, um, oh hell, closer to seven. Wow. Time go time flies. <laughs> but uh yeah, so I, I, I've had two. Uh I learned my lesson and you know, there there's no chances taken anymore. But most people they don't learn that lesson until no. it's it's tragically too late. Yes. I, I was lucky. I was lucky. I I had, you know, a couple of incidents that were not bad, you know. Could have been a lot worse, but um, like I said, I, I was lucky. Uh, I had a couple incidences that I got away with that could have been fucking horrible. But you know, like I said, I learned my lesson. But I, you know, uh, people in general don't learn that lesson until it's too late. That's true. That's and true. That's every every New Year's, every St. Patrick's Day, every Black Wednesday. Uh, it's uh, I, I stay home. Because it's it's amateur night. It's what everybody I was just gonna say. Everybody calls it amateur night. It's, it's amateur <laughs> night. The the people that go out three times a year and think that they're fucking Superman yep. and you know oh I've only I've only had eight or nine. I should be good to drive. You know, but no no that's not how not it always. works. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but no, as far as the music scene goes, there's a lot. There's a lot out there. Like I said, you, there's there's Facebook pages that are open mics and jam nights. There's, you know, every band has got a Facebook page or a Twitter or even now an Instagram. And we're trying to really get people's eyes on all that stuff and open people's minds to different local artists. And like I said, we're going to have 12 different bands at our little festival. that, And we're going to have all kinds. We've got rock. We've got classic rock. We've got country. We've got blues we i mean we've got everything and that's what we do with all of our stations like i said you turn to the rock station you're going to hear rock music that you know you might hear guns and roses you might hear alice and change you might hear whatever the newest rock is like i said i'm not a big rock guy but you're also going to hear local artists and every station that is the one thing that the, that's the only rule that i gave all the stations i'm like you guys can do what you want your internet you don't have to worry about fcc <laughs> out. so you don't have to worry about the fcc or anything like that but you have to play local artist. Yeah. And that's it. Other than that, you can pretty much do whatever you want. And and they do. And it, I think it's I think it's going to take off. It's like I said, we've only really 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 been out there for a year now. So do you have much of a much of a following outside of the region or no? 
Well, no, because we don't advertise outside the region. We don't push anything outside the region because we focus mainly on local artists and local music. So where does that, like, where, when and where does that come in? Like, even though you're focusing on local music, but you know that that local music wants to be recognized outside of the local area. Well, being, so what does what does a local station have in mind for anything like that? Well, being that we're on the internet, you can be heard worldwide. Exactly. So when we we have fans on our Facebook page that are from all over the world. There there was a time, well, I want to say it was Scotland or Ireland, I can't even remember what it was, that Tom Lounges had friends that were from that country. So we had listeners in that country. Um, there was a for a while our blue station was being listened to in Germany for like 20% of our audience. I don't know how they found us. Um, being that we're on the internet, anybody can find it. So we're not opposed to it. If people around the world want to find us, that's great. But I'm going to give away a little bit of my master plan. When I first sat down and talked to this about this with my brother and with my partner, Lee, I said, how cool would it be if we started a Chicago hub? We got it up and going, and then we went to New York, and we had a New York hub. And then went to Atlanta, got an Atlanta hub. We went to Texas, got a Texas hub. And now there's a region radio network in every state across the United States. Every suburban region. It could be every major city. It could be little cities. There could be multiple ones in each state. But all these local artists are now going to be worldwide because on our app, right now it's just region radio. We've got those seven stations. But once we get bigger, you might look into the app and go, okay, do you want to tune into Chicago stations? New York stations, Texas stations, California stations. Maybe 10 years from now, if this thing really, really takes off, we've got European states. This network could become so huge. Yeah. So we we could have a worldwide audience at that point. I don't know if we'll ever get that far, but that was my long, long long-term goal. Yeah. I mean, hey, everybody's got to have a plan. You know, or, you know, (laughs) go ahead and say everybody's got a dream, you know, but uh, I I think that that's a realistic one, especially with the way that entertainment is going now. You know, I mean, hell, uh, you know, looking at podcast analytics or anything, um, you know, whether it's a VPN or not, I don't know. But I mean, I, you know, a couple in Australia, a couple in England, a couple here, a couple there. uh, It's kind of cool. Like I, I, I tell myself it's because of VPNs. You know, and somebody's logging in on a VPN, so it looks like they're from Australia, but they're really in New Hampshire. I think if you had a VPN, I don't know. If, well, I guess it would show up where the VPN was popular. I guess that's how that would work. But. Yeah, because if you sign into a, a French server, it's going to show up as a French you. download. I got but you. But any, anyway, like that, you know, that that's my mentality. But <laughs> uh, no, you, it, you got some cigar smokers all over the world, though. So your niche could be worldwide. The the niche itself is worldwide. The conversation, <laughs> not so much. Yeah, they, they may not want to listen to us talk about Chicago, North yeah. Indiana all night. Well, no, and and hey, whatever, man. That, like I said before, like I I do this for me. You well, know, I, I I like like the as you stated very clearly. Me and Keegan talked about. There's no local music scene, which you know, uh, there, there's always been like local bands and whatnot. But as far as a scene, like when I when I first talked to Keegan, I didn't know that there was a, a comedy scene. I didn't either. You know, and lo and behold, there's this there's this little pocket in Gary, Indiana, that's of all places producing <laughs> comics, and then 
you know, I learned about that, and then I learned about, oh, there's there's a pocket over here, there's a pocket over there. Hey, the, this place in Cedar Lake does comedy. This place over here does comedy. Like, oh, well, check that shit out. There's there's actually there's actually a, a little micro scene in Northwest Indiana, and it, it's kind of like, all right, so you you grew out of the micro scene in Northwest Indiana, so now you have a possibility to get into the Chicago scene and go from there. Uh, it's 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 pretty wild to think about. See, and that's how at Region Radio we think we can grow things because, like, the guy that I talked to, Rich Jennings, who runs the Lowell High School student-run station, interviewed Keegan. When he interviewed Keegan, he told me, hey, I had this guy Keegan on my show, and you need to check him out. When I checked him out, the only podcast of his I could find was the one that he did with you. That's how I found you. But if those comedians would think... I don't want, how do I want to say this? I sat down with Frank Rivoli one day when we did a Halloween show. And I said, dude, I said, how come you didn't promote this show more? He goes, well, it's not my show. I said, what do you mean it's not your show? He goes, well, it's being run by XYZ Promoter and his band is the you know major band, blah, blah, blah. He did all the promoting. I said, that doesn't make sense, dude. I said, this is just as much your show as it is the headliner show. Being No matter what place you got put in, you still want people to come see you, right? Yeah. Well, well, yeah. So then why didn't you promote it just as much as the headliner? And he's like, I-, I didn't think about it that way. I said, this is your show. This is their show. It's everybody's show. Everybody works together to promote it. You get more of an audience. You get more exposure. You'll get people in here that don't know you that are going to get turned on to you. And that's, I guess, the grassroots idea behind Region Radio is we think if we are promoting it, if the local bands are promoting it, and then we can get the bars and the establishments on board too, which is the last leg of this trifecta. Now everybody is pushing a local music scene that everybody is a part of. It's not, oh, well, Region Radio did this, or, oh, these bands did this, or this bar did this. Everybody has to work together to yeah. pull this mega cart or it's never going to move. Yeah, And that's exactly what Keen was doing. He's like, well, we have this little network. If that little network really sat down and thought about it and said, what if we all just put a little bit more effort into it together as a unit? What could we do? And I don't know if people think about it that way because he's like, I've got a show. I want my people to come see me. I go on at this time. And I'm not, I'm not saying he's doing anything wrong, but I'm just saying if people open their minds just a little bit to how they're doing things, it, and just promoted it a little bit differently and worked together, holy crap, how big could it get? Yeah. Well, that's uh, I think that's one of Kate Francis Norris's things because he runs the, the Better Comedy Show, and his his whole thing is, you know, bringing better comics to northwest Indiana and, you know, growing from there. Like, he, you know, it, he, he's putting on a better comedy show in the, re- <laughs> in, in the region – where he's bringing in bigger names, he's you know uh, whether they be national or whether they be you know Chicago like bigger name Chicago comics, bringing them into the Northwest Indiana region, and you know exposing the region to that that show yep. and that scene where where so you bring in you bring in the bigger names this week, you know the next couple of weeks. The, the little guys get more exposure because, you know, everyone's excited because there's there's a scene. And that's kind of what we're thinking is if we start doing these, like, you know, we did that region stock last year where everybody came out, they camped for four days. I had 
so many people come up to me and say, this was one of the most well put together shows that I've ever seen. And I'm like, I've never done this before. I took that as a huge compliment, even though we lost money. I, I didn't care about the money. My thing was about getting the bands exposed, having a good time, getting region radio's name out there. It was all about the promotion and everybody getting something out of it. Yeah. It wasn't about the money. So if region radio keeps putting on really cool shows like that, and we get a reputation of, Hey, it doesn't matter if it's all local artists, if region radio is behind it, it must be good. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. So you're the, the show you have coming up this year, um, the one day event or two day event, Friday evening and all day Saturday. So two day event, yep. how many bands? 12, I think, is what we've got so far. Two, so, four on Friday and seven or eight on Saturday. I can't remember. Exactly. All right. So how would it how would it go? Like if, if you had a, a decent amount of comics come to you and say, hey, let's do this, would, would it work if in between sets of the bands? <laughs> Damn it. You stop it. <laughs> we've actually discussed this. Um, because of your podcast and because of Keegan and, and what happened at RDP, we talked about that and we asked the sound guy and we're like, Hey, we have this idea. And he's like, it probably wouldn't be the best because in between sets, there's usually only 20 minutes. And I'm like, fine. If each comic only does 10 minutes, he's like, but he goes, one band is trying to get off stage. So they're moving around doing stuff. There's distraction going on there. Then in the other half of that break, the other bands are trying to come on and we're like, ah, oh, crap. So, but you have one guy standing at the front of the stage, out of the way of all the shit that's going on behind him, taking the focus off of everything that's going on behind him, and giving everybody some sort of entertainment in between sets. If you want to go get a beer or some popcorn or anything like that, go ahead. But that comic is going to have an audience and the audience is going to have a comic. We, we, it's exactly what we thought, too. Now, I'm not saying we're not going to do it. I mean, we had a meeting last week. Cedar Lake just told us literally a week ago today that we've got the okay to do it. So we've been busting our ass over the last seven days to get vendors, to get bands, to get this all signed, lined up. By the middle of February, we wanted to try to have all the bands and have all the information out there so we could promote it for three months. It's not a dead idea. The sound guy said he wouldn't advise it, but we're still not against it. We may set up a stage off to the side to where we have a separate PA just for that. So it's still in the main area, but they still get to do their thing while they are doing all their crap. Like so the, it's not, it's, it's, it's something we thought of and we're actually thinking about doing it. Like I, I actually think that the, 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 the people that would get it the worst would be the comics because they're stuck playing to an audience that is trying to go get beer and popcorn That's and all that. That's the other thing we wondered about. But uh, I, I don't know. Like that, that, that just seems like an idea to throw out there. And I think there's, there's probably a good handful of comics that would be willing to, to do it through that. That's the next so. thing that we wanted to figure out was talk to the comics and find out. What did they think of it? We wanted to explain the good and the bad. We didn't want to sidetrack and say, hey, this would be really cool if you did this. We want to say, hey, this is what we're thinking. We think it would be really cool because you would be entertaining. There's going to be a lot of people hanging out. There's, you know, There might be 500 people at this thing. We really don't know because we're, we're not charging an admission fee. So this is open. You can walk in the gate, no fee. The only thing we're charging for is parking. And then, of course, the vendors are charging their thing, and we're doing a beer garden. Yeah. Um, so 
and it, and it is mostly for charity. I don't think I did. Were we recording when I told you about yeah. it? Okay. So it's all charity, stuff like that. So there could be a large amount of people there. So, yeah, there may be a couple people that went to get a hot dog or a beer, or maybe they did that during the last band because they really didn't care about that t- style of music. But we were like, man, maybe the comedians would really like doing something like that because it only takes them. They can do a 10-minute set. It would be a cool distraction. It would be entertaining. But with all that stuff going on behind them, with the you know, and, and not only that, but when a comedian does a set, they're in a small club. It's very intimate. They're right there in front of their people, not up on this big stage. How would a comedian feel about that? Well, so that's, that, we've that's got to reach out to them and find out what that, they think. That's why I mentioned that would be one of the worst parts for the comedian is because, like, you know, from from what I've listened to via different podcasts and whatnot, like those are the worst venues, okay. uh, the the worst situations for a comedian because you've got everyone in that in that mentality of all right, this is when I need to go take a piss. This is when, and it could be quite discouraging. But if you've got a comic that is willing to do that and knows that ahead of time, you know that. That could be a, a nice bridge in between sets. And, and and when a comic plays to a small crowd, I don't want to say small crowd, but normally when they're in a club, they're only playing to 20, 30, 50 people, whatever it holds. This thing could be 500 people. Yeah. Would that be cool? Would they want to, to do something like that? I mean, think about it. If you're playing Madison Garden, you're not playing that intimate setting, but there's many yeah. big-time di- big comedians that do it. Exactly. So somehow that happens. Somehow it works. Some you know. Now, granted, there's not a band changing behind them when they're playing Madison Square Gardens, yeah. but... What I'm saying is they don't have that intimacy anymore. They do have that large crowd. There might be people that are getting up and going to the bathroom in the middle of the guy's comedy because it's an hour long. I don't know. Yeah. So we have to talk to people about it. We did think of it. It's funny you said that because me and Rich Jennings both almost on the exact same day all called each other. It was like, I've got an idea. And we're like, I just thought of that. And we're like, so it's definitely something. And that's what at Region Radio, that's what we do. We try yeah. to think outside the box, come up with cool ideas, give everybody a, a piece of the pie, and see what happens. We're we're not opposed to it. Like I said, we've got an open mind. We're we're willing to try all kinds of new stuff. And it doesn't matter what genre. Like I said, we've got a rap station, we got a rock station, we got a country station. We're hoping to have a comedy station. The only thing we don't really have is a pop station because that's literally everywhere you go. You can listen yeah. to that. So why would we compete with the big boys on something like that? But so if anybody wants to find you, uh the hell <laughs> what was was that me or you i don't know somebody's trying to learn how to give us a better experience the damn via, phones are always listening to you. It wasn't via me, phone yeah google i i don't know yeah it wasn't so me. if uh <laughs> if anybody wants to find uh region radio where do they go well we've got our website regionradio.live which is in actually i just talked to my brother today who does all of our website stuff like that he's like yeah he goes we're gonna have to do a new website so that'll be coming hopefully before the festival um, I'd like to put up all the festival information on the new website. Uh, but you can go to regionradio.live. There's a website where you can tune in to all the stations and whatever we decide to put up there. Uh, we do a lot of our stuff through our Facebook page, Region Radio. Um, I'm horrible with the Instagram and the Twitter because I just don't have time to run all the social media, all the websites, try to work with all seven stations and run a job and do my podcast and yeah. all the, you know, blah, 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 blah. But I do try to throw some stuff up there once in a while. But basically, the app is going to be the best thing that you can do because, like I said, hopefully by this weekend, I just talked to the app guy today, and he's like, I'm hoping to have it public by Sunday. Um, So literally Monday, well, by the time this podcast drops, I don't know when you air these, um, it might actually already be up. And you just look for Region Radio on Google Play or your Apple Store, 
and download the app, and it, you, you'll be able to request songs on demand from the app. Um, you'll be able to listen to all seven stations. So no, something that like stuff. that, is that going to be in real time, or is that going to be... Pretty uh, much. I mean, as soon as you make a request, there is a small delay for it to go through the system into the, you know, the software, whatever, whatever. But normally, if you make a request, it is usually the next song or... If that song was like just ending, it'll be the very the song after the next. Well, that's that's pretty impressive because I mean I I would expect at least a ten fifteen minute delay there. That's at the most, you know, uh, or or a you know a three song delay. And right now we the only thing that we've limited is the number of songs that you can request in an hour or per day because what we didn't want was some guy to get on here and go, hey, I'm going to request ten songs and just overtake. I I could get on. I could get on and request Cottonmouth Kings, Insane Clown Posse, you know, all all kinds of shit in in a real small amount of time. Yeah, and we didn't want somebody to. to, You know, I want to hear Mbop. I'm gonna pretty sure there's not. I don't know if we've got a station that has that in its directory. So well, that's the thing. It has to be in our directory. Okay. But if it's not, so, so that that that's a big point to to throw out there. But on the like website, I said, not too many people want to hear ICPs. Well, <laughs> now you'd be surprised on our rock station. I he might play them. But um, well, I mean, Head PE was just at a show we were we did the other night. The rock station was there, and that's the other thing. When there are bars or places doing stuff in the area, we volunteer our time. Um, we don't really we pay. We don't make any money off the radio station. Yeah. we literally every station pays fifty dollars a month to be part of the network to help pay for the royalties and stuff like that. Yeah. But the rock station, uh, the music box, was at the Head PE show and got on stage and introduced them. And I mean, we pretend to be a big mega radio station i mean we do i'm I'm not gonna lie i mean we're not a big mega radio station so we have to pretend you know but uh we do that kind of stuff so um but if you go to the website you can actually fill out a form that says hey i wanted to hear this song it's not in your library would you please add it and then that dj will get back to you and say i'm sorry that really doesn't fit what i'm trying to do or hey that's a really good idea you know what i'll add that as soon as i can so we really I mean, we take what the listeners say to heart. We really want to know what they think and what they want, what they like. And another feature that we're looking to put into our app, hopefully maybe in the next six months, is kind of like Pandora. We're going to have a thumb up and a thumb down as well. Now, it won't dictate what you hear personally, like Pandora is your stream. But, but it will dictate a, the station. Yeah. And it will change the algorithms. Like if a bunch of people start thumbing up some new song by a local artist we put in there and it gets thumbed up a whole bunch of times, it'll change the algorithms and it will tell the DJ, hey, this song is really big. You might want to change it from a maybe once a three hours playlist to maybe once an hour or whatever. So so that's uh that that's a good thing. Like so you're you're mainly going to be focused on local. Yes uh, and no. Um so if if somebody from New Hampshire throws an email out there like, hey, we got this great New Hampshire band. We're not opposed to it. We actually have on my country station, I've got two guys, as a matter of fact, that are in Nashville. They're not from here, um, but their songs are so good, I can't not play them. So uh, Pistol Hill, I think, is one, and Chance... Oh, I the can't remember his last name. <laughs> but I can't remember his other name. But but I mean, those guys, their songs are so good that I do put them in my rotation. Um, 
Now, some of the stations have thought about maybe having a local, like before a local song on my station comes on, you'll hear something like, hey, this is Doc Daniels, and here's a local artist, and it'll play one of their songs. I'm thinking about maybe once an hour having a, hey, here's something not from the region that I really think you'll like. And then I let one of those songs yeah. play. So again, we're really open minded to whatever people might. We want to kind of be the bridge between FM radio and your Pandora. We kind of want to Good. put it all together. But yeah, so as far as where you can find us, the app and the website are two of the main ways that you can listen to the different stations, things like that. And of course, our Facebook page, Region Radio, it's got maybe 3,000 people on it right now, which is, like I said, in the last six months, it's grown, it's doubled. It was 1,500, I think, around June or July of last year, and now it's over almost 3,200. So so the, uh, the Doc Daniels podcast... That is a little separate, and, and I'll be honest, that was also a tie into Region Radio. It's not, it's not separate here. <laughs> well, I mean, it's got its own website because it's, it's the DocDanielsCountryShow.com, but at the top, if you look next to the fan club section, there is the Bulldog Radio section. So if you click on that, it will take you back to Region Radio's Bulldog Country Station, and it will play that. So... They're together, but they're also kind of separate. It's like a backdoor way of getting more people to region radio. It's like when you ask, well, you know, is, is this really national or is it a worldwide? Kind of is because if every station started doing a podcast, the podcast is going to reach out to far more people outside of the region. And if those people like what we're doing on the podcast, well, then they're probably going to like the station. So they may circle back around and we may be able to. I don't want to say trap them, but entice them to come to Region Radio. <laughs> it's all part of a large web. <laughs> exactly. You know, the, 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 the most elaborate plan. <laughs> we won't tell anybody that's our plan, but that's what we're doing. <laughs> all right. So uh, Doc Daniels podcast, uh, Doc Daniels country podcast. Yeah. DocDanielsCountryShow.com. Um, the uh, RegionRadio.live. Yep. Um, all right, man. Uh, we will... I'm sure we'll be in contact, cool. and we will do something in the future. Uh, we'll have to get Keegan in here so that, uh, you know. Yeah, that would be cool. We could have, we could have the same conversation with three of us. <laughs> so. <laughs> this was fun. I appreciate you having me in. This I, was a blast. I, I'm glad you came by. I, I hope you enjoyed. So, And if there's any podcasters out there that want to talk to me about, hey, dumbass, this is what you do. My real name is Rich Warren, W-A-R-N-E. I'm on Facebook as well. That's pretty much how you can find me. And that's cool. Yeah, that's uh, everybody knows uh, theherfcast.com. Uh, you can support me on Patreon, go to the store, uh, buy a T-shirt, whatever. Uh, but more importantly, uh, just uh, check out the show. If you enjoy it, like, rate, review, all that garbage. Tell um, one friend. Tell yeah. one friend about the show, yeah, and your just, audience will double every just, week. Just, just tag, the, <laughs> tag the show. Tag the show in your post. Anyway, thanks for checking us out. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed, and we will talk to you next time.